cream always rises to the top. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the I Tap That Cigar Show presented by Corona Cigars. Always, I'm your host, Kevin from Cigar Prop, and I'm coming to you live from the Drew Estate Experience Asset Studios here on the sunny Gulf Coast of Florida. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Care Biahante of Stogie Road Cigars. Care. Evening, Kev. How do you do? How you doing, man? Oh, I'm pumped. Now I was all tired before the show, but now I just I'm all pumped up again. And, you know why is that yeah. macho man voice? You do macho man voice, you cannot not. Be you do. I, that's it. If you if you do the macho man voice prior pre-show, you cannot start off the show. Yeah. In a, a, a on a on a down note. Impossible. 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 Not when you're not when you're trying to uh, muster up that much energy to match the macho man. I know. Just uh, taken so soon, I would have gotten him in the new lounge. I know I would have. Um, I, I needed a Macho Man promo for uh, for Cigar Prop, for just for me, for just Kevin in general. I needed a, a Macho Man. For Freever, I know Freever does some <laughs> <Yeah>. voiceovers. <laughs> How much? How much extra for the for the outfit? I'll uh, I'll send you the one I got. Welcome to Cigar Prop. <laughs> it might be snug on you, the one I got. You know, but it is plastic. So try to say, yeah, just just have Jen hit it with the hair dryer. Um, <laughs> joining us in the background, as always, is producer Jessica handling all the. the happenings and oh snappings when I go on too long. So, uh, Jessica, say hello to everybody tonight. Hello. 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 Um, all right. We got a little bit Hi, of house. John, tell your wife hello. Oh, yes. Say hello for sure. Um, all right. We got a little housekeeping we got to uh, do before we get into where is my uh, where is my thing? All right. Cinco de Mayo is a time for celebration and drinking tequila. Corona Cigars bringing the party right to your front door. They wanted to put together the perfect package to enjoy on Cinco de Mayo. This tasting package includes a bottle of their exclusive Patron, Anejo single barrel tequila, and five cigars. One Army of Angels, one CAO Zacala Robusto, one Tatuaje Tuxla Loma de Cerdo, LE, one Romeo San Andreas Pyramide, and one LFD La Volcado. You're getting all of this for only $100, $105.50. Plus free, sh I should be say and free shipping, not plus free shipping because there's no plus, but okay, okay. free shipping. Order yours today and make Cinco de Mayo, your Cinco de Mayo party, a one to remember. <laughs> not a, I'm not a good voiceover guy. Um, that was rough. That was a tough one, man. <laughs> that was, there's a lot of words. A lot of a Spanish, lot of, a lot of Spanish words. I know. And then, and then fucking Tatuaje, the Tuxla Loma de Cerdo L.E., Put your shit together, Pete. Yeah. Yeah. God. 
So, uh, all right, let's get right to the Cigar Medics Humidimeter Cut and Light. Remember, with the Cigar Medics Humidimeter, you'll always know when to hold them and know when to smoke them. What's everybody smoking tonight? Oh, I'm, I'm, this is a, I was, I'm not smoking this, Kev. Yes. I'm smoking uh, the uh, Lancero, uh, Sweetgrass Gringo Lancero. All right. Uh, what's your humidity level on that? The humidity level when I lit it up was at 68. All right. I, mine is at 62%. I am smoking from our sponsor, Jake Wyatt Cigars, the Jake Wyatt USIR. Um, I didn't get a chance to get uh, um, uh, any of our, uh, our guests. Uh, uh, cigars tonight yeah, because uh, be we were, we because love. Scallywag. I don't know what we're gonna have to ask. Him what's going on with Scallywag? I don't know what's happening with the website. It's been down. I don't know if they're going out of business. But yeah, the Jake Wyatt cigar. Um, yeah. What is uh? Well, and that's hence why you know you you had to choose a sponsor. I did too, but I chose um, one from J.C. Newman, my go-to PDM Corojo. That's Perla Del Mar for the uninitiated. Oh, sorry. PDM. Sorry. Uh, I don't like it. I, you know what? It's Pearl Del Mar, Jess. Don't go PD. I, 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 I like I, the I, old I, band. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I I love calling it a PDM. <laughs> I hate it. There's I don't know why. I, I like it. It's sketchy. I just, it reminds me of PDR, but I love, oh, I, 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 I yeah. like the old band. I love the old band. Well, we have, a, we have another guest joining us tonight. We, I, I see I uh, someone random hopped on. Yeah, no, no. it's uh, um, Kendrick. <laughs> I, ha I have lots of Brandon questions. I don't have any Kendrick questions. Care get start thinking of your Kendrick questions. So, all right. so all right, where were we? All right, uh, a couple more housekeeping things before we uh, uh, kick it off. Boston Jimmy Autism Climbing Mount Fuji. Uh, donate the it's in the uh, in the video description, the podcast description. If you're listening to this in the future, um, uh, Matthew Tobacco. I think we're coming down to the last week. For the uh, their raffle for the Cigar Charitable Foundation, that link is in the uh, the description as well. Um, and I think that's all we have for housekeeping. Uh, so before we bring on our guest, we want to take a moment to thank our show partners. I should make that a little. <laughs> you should. Uh, I, I got to make that a clip. But we do. I got to. I got to write that down. <laughs> so let me let me get down here. Well, I'm already earning. I'm already earning my salary. Housekeeping. All right. Um, all right, so uh, thank you to J.C. Newman Cigars, Cigar Medics, Amendola Cigars, We Are the Muscle, Jake Wyatt Cigars, Illusione Cigars, Deep in Flavor, Deep in Your Mind, K by Karen Burger Cigars, Corona Cigar, and of course, Drew Estate and Experience Asset.
nights awaiting patiently in the experience acid green room is Tommy Farrell and Kendrick <laughs> from Apostate Cigars. Uh, gentlemen, welcome to the show. Um, <laughs> Tommy Farrell. <laughs> I, you know, I, 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 I have to apologize to you because we got back from, I got back from the PCA and I can't remember if we were talking about it on the show or in our, we have another podcast, the Broadleaf Bullies podcast. And, uh, and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, uh, Ed, you know, like three times, like, hey, is that Tommy Farrell? Is that Tommy Farrell? I go, I don't think that's Tommy Farrell. But after like the third time, Ed was no. so sure. I'm like, maybe I'm wrong. And I'll go up, I'm like, I'm like, hey, Tommy Farrell from Nickel City Cigars, and you just said no. And then I like, yeah, walked I was away. like, no, I like, nope. I like, I like <laughs> walked away. And then afterwards, Jessica goes, well, I, I thought she goes, well, who was it? And I go, oh, I don't know, I didn't ask. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm like, I didn't. she goes, well, did you introduce yourself? I go, no, I just walked away like a dick. You know, I mean, oh, I <laughs> if it helps, I knew who you were. Oh and, my god. And, and, and so <laughs> it was funny though, because I wasn't at the booth. I wasn't at the apostate booth when you yeah. approached me. I, I feel like that context would have helped you out a lot. Uh, I, I, but, I feel uh, like it would have. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. nope. <laughs> oh my god. Like I said, it was uh yeah, I, I didn't think anything of it until Jessica's like, you didn't even ask him who he was. And like, <laughs> nah, like hindsight. I, you didn't look embarrassed, but maybe you were. I don't know, man. Yeah, that was no, funny. No, that I was just, funny. Oh, I, I'm clueless most. I just walk around in my own little world. And I think that's why some people like me. Some people hate me. It's like, oh, just bless, <laughs> bless his heart no, as, they, as they would say here that, in this town. After that, <laughs> I Googled Tommy Farrell over at Nickel City. I, like I've seen, you know, I've seen him on social media and stuff. And I was like, okay. We have a similar vibe, but he's way better at it than I am. So, like, that's, oh, yeah. that was all compliments for me. And I hope Tommy never sees this. You know what yeah. I mean? So, it's like, yeah, 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 Tommy. It was, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize it until I'm, I'm trying to do the, the show thumbnail and I'm on your Facebook page and I'm scrolling through your photos because I don't want to use the same photo everybody else uses. And then I come across this one photo and I go, oh my God. And then I realize what I did. So, that's when I, that's, that's when I messaged you. I'm like, were you at PCA uh, last year? Yeah. Kevin, yeah, I actually think we talked about this potential moment when you told us about you just randomly walking up and then giving the old, are you Tommy Farrell? No. Okay. And just walked away. <laughs> it's like we talked about that. Well, what's going to happen yeah. if one day you interview yeah. him? What if one day he's on the show? Oh Anyways, my that's my partner, Kendrick, over there. Yeah, we should yeah, say where, hi where to you as well. Yeah, well, he, he disappeared. Oh, Oh no, we lost him. I, I, I was just about to say something, and then he's uh, and then he's gone. Oh no! So, well, we are working on internet around Beehive Cigars, so I'm not sure what happened. Ah, so uh, are you both at the same place, just in a different room? Uh, well, he's not in the same room as I am, so I don't know where he's. Yeah, at. well, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Or you, you'd know right where he was at. So, uh, so yeah, yeah. Evan, you are. So you yeah, are I'm on sharp tonight. I I am on a roll tonight. So, so yeah, we're gonna talk about the magic now. Yeah, I know. So yeah, ho hopefully he comes back on and uh, we can uh, we we can we, we can continue introducing him. So uh, all right, let's. Uh, where are you? Okay, Beehive. Where is uh, is that? Where you're coming from? Yeah, um, I'm in. I'm in my uh, my secret uh, my secret office in Beehive Cigars. Yeah. And where and where is that at? Salt Lake City, Utah. Salt Lake City, Utah. Yes, sir. Good old Salt Lake. 
I vaguely know job. where I vaguely know where Utah's. Everybody, I it, and it's not. It's just I don't know where things are at on this planet. So <laughs> I'm not. Uh, what what is what are the states on either side and top and bottom of you? Uh, we are surrounded by Idaho, Nevada, Colorado, Wyoming, uh, Arizona, and New Mexico. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Vaguely, mm-hmm. vaguely know okay. it's on it's west of the Mississippi. So, like, yeah, great. That doesn't help me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, I know where Arizona is because of Brad. Brad Reed over at Steel <laughs> Cigars. I know where Arizona's at. So, um, that's fucking great. Uh, Care. Yeah, you were at that lounge. Tell, yeah. tell us about uh, how how you uh, when when was this pre COVID. So uh, I was going out there for a conference, and when I landed, as I always do, got to make sure I get my stops in and visit cigar shops. And that was the first shop I stopped at. It was a great, great shop. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I vaguely, you said you've been out here, and then you were talking about uh, we discussed a particular cigar, and that recalled, I, I believe I remember that conversation. It was pre-COVID, and I did get the vaccine. So my memory's not what it used to be, um, but I, I do remember you. <laughs> no. Well, thank you. But it, it was, uh, uh, I really, uh, from what I remember, um, it was a few years ago, and I did get COVID and I did get the brain fog. But um, yeah, great, great location, great, great shop. Um, I did visit a couple other shops when I was downtown Salt Lake. I think another shop. Yeah, you got Genie's downtown, and then yeah. you got Tinderbox at the south end of the valley. Yeah, there's a couple yeah, of good Genies. shops in town, man. Yeah. But uh, I was trying to get back out to your to your shop because I liked you. I really liked yours the best. It had a good vibe. I used to evaluate the shops on the Stogie Road Three selection staff and uh, location, and mm-hmm. and you were great. Yeah, I remember just having a good conversation, and the selection there was great. Um, and location was fantastic. So I didn't get a chance to get back out there because of time, you know, would, didn't yeah. allow me to get back out to your shop. Stupid. No, I, yeah, I get it, man. Responsibilities, right? No, I get it. Mm-hmm. So, so is that, so is that where you grew up? I, I kind of know your, your story of growing up, um, uh, uh, we'll say Mormon, but would you grow up in Utah? Do you move I to did. Utah? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, no, long- I, uh, yeah, grew up in Utah. Mm-hmm. Long, long lineage of Utah in your family. Uh, go I would, back. I would be fourth generation Utah. Yeah, my grandpa's dad uh, sort of helped settle the area, uh, central Utah. So yeah, yeah, fourth generation Utah, about as far back as you can go. Yep. What, what do you What do you guys call yourselves from? You we're Floridians and, and cares of South Carolina. Oh, Utahns. Yeah. Utahns, you just put an A H N at the end. <laughs> Utahns, that's a. I would, uh-huh. not, I would not have guessed that. No. That's a, yeah. It's not. It's not fun to say. It's not fun to read. It's not cool. It, no, you know. it's it's boring. It's like a yeah. yawn. It's like you. Yeah, yawn, it, you know, it is. That's just very. <laughs> I, I guess that you know. Well, I mean, what do you expect from the Mormons? Um, kind of so uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so let's let's talk let's talk about that. You uh, growing sure. up uh, uh, a Mormon. In the Mormon Church. Hopefully, your 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 partner will come back and join us. Maybe we can talk about his experience. Absolutely. But, uh, what, yeah. What's it What's it like? I don't I don't know any Mormon kids except like said you know except the ones that are like teenagers that come on their bicycles around. Sure. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, I mean that's an interesting <laughs> question, and it's and it's one that's interesting to answer because it's like you don't really know what's different about being a Mormon kid until you're not a Mormon kid anymore. You know what I mean? So for me, uh, it. I, I couldn't have told you at the time what was different. It was 
it was normal, dude. It didn't, it wasn't weird to me. It didn't get weird until after, you know? Yeah. Um, but it is it, it, the things that I can point out for you that, that highlight kind of the way it goes is it, it permeates your entire culture, man. Um, it's the people you go to school with your employers, you know what I mean? Your neighbors, everyone, it's not just who you see in church on Sunday. Like you, you, that your whole community, you're all Mormon, man. So you're all kind of, you know, checking on each other, right? Oh my God, I saw him looking at a magazine. You know what I mean? Like, oh, he was at the coffee shop. You know, there's a little bit of like guilting, guilting your neighbors into staying on the straight and narrow. Um, it, it didn't seem weird at the time, and it seems weird now. So yeah. I started, uh, I started having doubts or really just overall lack of interest. I would say in my mid-teens. Uh, where I was just kind of like, man, I think, I think there's gotta be more to life than this. You know what I mean? So, um, when you're, you said, you mentioned, you saw the teenagers on the bicycles. I, uh, when I was 19, I got to be one of those kids and I went to the Dominican Republic and tried to teach people about the church. So that was my first trip to the Dominican Republic. And, uh, I didn't know. I, I was wondering, cause I, I had read that somewhere <laughs> that you spent yeah. time in the DR. That was actually my next mm-hmm. question. And I yeah. didn't, I didn't know like what brought you down there. You know, was it the cigar? So it was actually, you went there for the church. I went there for the church, man. I was there for, uh, when, the, when you're, when you're on a mission, that's what they call it. Uh, it's usually a two year time period and I made it, I think 14 months, something like that before I was like, I, I'm good, you know? Um, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. The cool part about it was I got to live in a town called La Vega. I got to live in Santiago. Uh, I lived in the same neighborhood as Ochi Blanco and I didn't even know it at the time. You know what I mean? Ah. I got to see tobacco fields and not really understand what any of that was about. Um, I got to learn the language. You know what I mean? It was all beneficial. Um, I didn't know how beneficial it would be, but you know, here we are 20 years later and I, I wouldn't change a thing about it. Yeah, dude, it was cool. You went, you went for the church and stayed for the cigars. Yeah, I went for the church and I went back for the cigars. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. That, that is a T-shirt right there, Care. Yeah, yeah. For real. <laughs> I'm full of it tonight, Kevin. I'm full of it. Hey, Brent, I got to ask you: Have you seen the, the 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 show Under the Banner of Heaven? Absolutely. What's your thoughts on that? Um, I think it's a highly dramatized version of some things that are pretty accurate. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's Hollywood, make, right. Yeah. Yeah. They got to make it Hollywood. They got to make it good for TV, but the way yeah. that they kind of capture a snapshot of, uh, that Mormon community vibe that you get in the show, um, yeah. with the main guy and his family and the neighbors and they all call each other brother and sister. And they're, they're all, you know, that whole thing. I, I mean, yeah, that was a very accurate snapshot of, of what uh, life was like in the 80s in Utah for me. It, it, I was it curious was... if it was accurate. I mean, I know that there's going to be obviously Hollywood, you know, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But I was but th- there is some essence of that that I wondered did touch on the reality of things and, and, and how things are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it definitely touched on it. But I don't think you're ever going to get a truly accurate picture from something made for Hollywood. You know right, I mean? yeah. But but they had some they, there was a vibe there that felt right yeah right okay. utah in the 80s worst documentary <laughs> ever you know worst yeah. documentary ever yeah that's yeah, it bro. yeah worst behind Everything the scenes was brown yeah dude behind the scenes <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my god you you talk but yeah you, you talk about uh, uh, your uh, um um 
the uh, the lounge you uh, care visited there was a couple of lounges i always thought like utah was like not you know they didn't have a, a lot of like cigar i know colorado doesn't have a ton you know i thought that like utah was like very picky about their cigar lounges they are it's a tough landscape um technically there are no lounges in utah so when care was oh, out okay. here we we were still kind of being a little bit wild west rock and roll about it. We had a, a lounge directly connected to the retail front. You could walk from the store straight back into the lounge. Uh, we were charging memberships and we were charging a cover charge for a day pass to try to satisfy the state. Uh, that turned out to not be enough red tape for them, and they threatened to pull our license and and shut us down if we didn't make the lounge go bye bye. So we we had to make the lounge go bye bye. Unfortunately, um, now we smoke outside, or you know, me and my super secret office that I'm putting on the internet. Okay, so, so you're you saying know, the lounge had, the lounge had to go bye bye where people mm-hmm. sit and smoke had to. Yep. You know, you yep. just had to move it outside, though. You could move it. I mean, the- yeah, we, we do everything we can to make it as cu- as comfortable as possible for people. But there's no there's no indoor smoking allowed in the state of Utah. So it is what it is. Public, private. Otherwise, it's it's a tough gig out here, man. Man, that is crazy. How are the taxes out there? Um, like, say, compared to, you know, like like California, what everybody knows. How you know, how are your tobacco taxes? Eighty six percent. God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it could be. I can't imagine them being low with that type of restrictions yeah. with lounges. That's crazy. Eighty-six percent. And he, I, I don't know. I guess cigar smokers will always. I mean, they'll you know they'll, they'll they'll always buy cigars. I just can't fathom that. Like how lounges make money? How do they stay in business? You know. Yeah, we. With, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, when you're in a situation, you almost don't it's all relative, right? Like Mm -hmm. people in California think they have it the toughest people in New York think they have it the toughest people in Utah think they have it the toughest. It it just kind of is, it's whatever you're willing to adapt to in order to enjoy the thing you like. We're lucky to have a, a really adaptable and, and robust cigar community that chooses to support us, man. We're super grateful for that. Yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, we got it. We got it easy here in Florida. We don't have. We don't have taxes. Oh God, we don't have. I love you know, Florida, man. We we, yeah. we don't. We don't have. We don't have state income tax. We don't have mm-hmm. tobacco tax. We don't have. We don't have all of that. No, it's um, awesome. So, so we'll get back. So, um, so did you? You, you were nineteen. Did you? Um, did you go to college and then go, or did you forego college? You did no, missions. For, yeah, I totally skipped college, man. I didn't do, I, I did like a semester of online college, not even a full semester. Um, it was one of those like gap years, like, what am I going to do with my life? Uh, I, it, it, part of the Mormon culture is it's, you know, your parents, while you're growing up, they have the expectation that you're going to, you know, you're going to go on a mission and then you come home and you go to college and you meet a girl at college and you get married and you have kids and you start the whole thing over again. Right. You, you repeat the cycle. So for me, it was like, I don't know about that, you know. So, <laughs> in order for me to uh, kind of either shit or get off the pot, uh, I decided to do the mission to, more for me to figure out kind of where I stood as far as like my personal beliefs and like is this what I'm in or am I not? You know what I mean? Um, obviously, I wanted my mom to not be like, oh my my son's not going or my dad. You know what I mean? Like they would have been cool either way, but me being like, oh man, I'm breaking my mom's heart. I, I wanted to go. I wanted to figure out who I was, where I stood. And yeah, it took me about a year of like trying to sell it to other people to be like this. I'm not, I'm not, not only do I not want to sell it, I'm not really buying it either. You know what I mean? 
So. Okay. So, okay. So when you say you only lasted, you know, like 14 months and you, mm-hmm. you know, you came back, you, you left everything. You decided to, to walk. What was that conversation? You come home with your parents and. Um, so it took a couple of years, man. It, it was a progression after that. I came home uh, immediately, you know, joined the workforce, wanted to just like figure out what I wanted to do with life. So I worked a few, you know, different jobs. Um, I did meet a girl. We did get married very young. We did have kids young. And then <laughs> and then uh, we, we started to, you know, grow apart and, and want different things in life. So we split up. And then it was right around 24, 25, where I was like, the only thing holding me back right now is is my attachment to this religion that I can't make my mind up about, you know. So I made my mind up and you have to write letters and have meetings and they have to interview you and be like, why are you leaving? And it's a whole prolonged process when you want to leave the church. Uh, when they want to, when they want to kick you out, you're out, bro. But like, so I should have fucked around a little harder, you know? Care, they made them do an exit interview. You yeah, know? yeah, I mean, 100%, man. That's 100%. it, you know? Yeah, you just yeah. give them, it's not you, it's me. It's not you, it's me. Yeah, you know? it was kind of yeah. like that. Yeah, it was kind of like that. So, no, man, uh, yeah, it took me from the time I got home on my, from the mission, I was about 21, till the time I was 25 was my full transition into like, I'm out. That's it. I'm good. Yeah. What ha- what happens if you don't do that? <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so you end up on like a list of what they call inactive members, right? Um, which means your name's still on the list. They still want to see you at church and they'll send people to knock on your door, see how you're doing. It's very communal. It's very like uplifting and wholesome, right? They still want to see you around. Uh, when you take your name off the list, they just leave you alone, you know? So. So what's it like having annoying people knock on your door? I say you know? that so, yeah. a little odd, right? So yeah, that's not I don't, I don't, I don't want to do the yeah. exit interview, but it's just like, yeah. hey, just checking yeah. in to see if you're okay. Yeah, I'm good. I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. No, it's it's really not as crazy as it sounds, but it's 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 just one of those I didn't want to, I didn't want to deal with it anymore. I wanted to be clear and free. You know, right? So, well, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah that's the way yeah. to do it. So so where does the uh, um um. Were, were you smoking cigars in the DR or was that, or is that, I mean, obviously I know it's a big no, no in your, so when you left yeah. and came home, where do cigars fit in that journey when, when you come home? So cigars uh, was, was entirely unexpected for me. Um, when I went to the DR as a missionary, I saw the fields. I knew the cigars were part of the culture. It really didn't, uh, really didn't register to me how big that world was. You know what I mean? Or, or how much was going on there. Um, I didn't really get into cigars until my wife around my, my second wife, I got remarried a few years later, uh, around 28, 29. I don't remember my birthday. She bought me a pack of cigars and a humidor and the accessories just trying to get me like a cool gift. Cause I'm hard to shop for. Right. And, and <laughs> to her credit, she was being awesome. And she she thought it would be something. And I was like, cool cigars. Thanks. And I would move on. Uh, little yeah. did she know that, uh, you know, <laughs> she planted a pretty potent seed that day. And, uh, it took me, I don't know, from age 28, I joined, uh, beehive cigars when I think I was like 34. So about six years for me to get into the industry after I, I, I smoked my first cigar. 
What it's all was my the, wife's uh, fault. What, what was in that? Was it like a, was it one of them Thompson cigars? Like you get a humidor mm -hmm. and like a bunch 100%. of cigars for uh, it's, 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 you know it's like uh, uh, the Columbia House CD Club. You get yeah, exactly. You get a humidor, twenty five cigars. So it was uh, there were twenty there were twenty cigars. It was like four or five packs, and it was a five pack of Padilla nineteen thirty two, a pack of uh, Romeo y Julieta eighteen seventy five. Uh, what else was there? I don't remember. I don't remember anything else. I just remember those two, and I, the the. Romeo and Julieta was a Churchill, and that was the first one I smoked. And I was standing in my front yard, just powering through this Churchill, yeah. <laughs> and uh, spent the rest of the night throwing up in the shower. I was like, I don't know about cigars. And then, uh, you know, obviously I had to finish the rest of them, and I figured out there was a learning curve. Started reading, started watching podcasts, you know, uh, kind of educating myself and and got better at it. So, <laughs> yeah, because because you probably didn't have, I mean, you know, growing up in the church, you probably didn't have people that you could turn to you know like hey teach me how to you know no not at all do, not at all do my, this cool thing yeah my my great-grandfather smoked a pipe uh and i think that's about the only documented uh instance i have of tobacco use in my family tree so yeah it's not like i had a cigar mentor yeah <laughs> yeah so, so so how did you get into uh um, so you spent a couple of years what were you doing for like work like kind of your job before or jobs before you got into beehive and then how'd you yeah. get into there? Uh, it, was, it was a bit of the corporate grind, man. Um, I worked for UPS for a number of years. That's where I met my current wife. Uh, so thank God I spent time there. But uh, after that, I was uh, working for Netflix, actually, a corporate gig at Netflix. And it just got to be one of those things where you spend, you know, 80 hours a week w working all the time, whether you're at home or you're not, and you start to feel like there's got to be more right and so i ended up leaving netflix and taking about a three-month break uh from work altogether and uh spent a little time in hawaii spent a little time of like soul searching and the whole time i was not working i was smoking cigars so i was like how do i get into that like how do i make the thing that i'm doing every day something that can put food on the table keep me interested help me learn help me grow uh, and so that's when I reached out to Kendrick, who is the, the owner of Beehive Cigars, asked if he needed help. And uh, he didn't need help at the time, but he, thank God he hit me up a few weeks later when he had an opening and he hired me. And, you know, it's all downhill from there. I went uh, about five years, six years as his GM uh, before we decided to get creative and, and take the next step. So, yeah, man, it was uh, it was just really that, that corporate grind, that soul-sucking you know, can't do yeah. it anymore. Care, care, just nodding. Care's like, yes, you know, care, just don't, yeah, don't leave your job, care. Just don't, uh, but don't we, leave you gotta, your job, dude. I got lucky, man. Yeah, yeah. But we we got to take a sabbatical, care. Maybe me and you hit Hawaii for a little bit. Just tell the women, you know, uh, you know, I got to do, I got to do some I'll take a sabbatical when I retire. I mean, yeah. there you go. There you go. Uh, that's it. But I, I, I don't. Know, I don't got time for a sabbatical, Kev. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know Kendrick actually owned Beehive. I didn't. Uh, yeah, I didn't, so Kendrick is but, the owner of Beehive. Yeah, he's the one who hired me as his GM, um, and then uh, we had always talked about blending cigars as just kind of a like pipe dream. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it'd be so cool to go blend a cigar. And then we we're like, well, why can't we do that for like a house blend for Beehive? You know what I mean? And so the the, the conversation progressively got more serious. Uh, before COVID hit in 2020, and we're like, 
we got a little time on our hands. Maybe we should stop talking about it and, and go do it. And that's when we uh, decided to call up Hochi Blanco, schedule a meeting, go fly down there, and got things started, man. It was pretty cool. Now, how, how did you just call it up? How, how did you – I mean, was it your your connections through Beehive? Obviously, when you work in a lounge, you make a lot of connections. So is that how you, you got hooked up with Hochi? It is, yeah. So, what, 2018, 2019, somewhere around there at uh, the trade show, uh, we we brought in Hochi. He had just launched La Galera. And, uh, so we, we brought in the whole lineup for beehive and he was so stoked because we were bringing in everything. And, you know, I don't know if he was used to people just saying yes and, and taking the whole kit and caboodle, you know? (laughs) So we were like, yes, this is awesome. We want to bring it all in. And, uh, so we, we were fast friends from, from then on, uh, had a really good relationship with him. I went to, uh, pro cigar you know the the spring after that and he sponsored a good portion of my trip and was a great host while we were down there so we built a relationship with hochi pretty solid pretty pretty quickly um one of actually his rep out here in the west do you know the name jeremy wolfson yeah jeremy wolfson yeah yeah i've heard the name on on facebook yeah yeah, so Jeremy uh, was repping La Galera at the time, and he's he's fast friends with Hochi too. He's like family. He's like family to us, so it was a good – he was kind of our liaison. He kind of, you know, helped us get in the room, helped us cover the bases with Hochi, like talking about, hey, they want to have a meeting about making some cigars with you. What do you think? And, and Hochi gave us a green light. All three of us flew down there, and uh, we ended up blending our first three cigars the day after we had the meeting about what we wanted to do. So oh. it was now, it was, now were these, so did you go down there and then you're blending these cigars to be house brands or, or did you know at that point you knew you were starting a cigar company? Yeah. At, at that point and, and slightly before that point, when, when the conversations started gaining traction and, and solidifying and we got sort of this vibe uh, from Hochi that, you know, things were, basically whatever we wanted it to be then we formed the company we formed the company before we flew down there the first time um and kind of had an idea in our heads of what blends we wanted what we wanted the marketing to look like the branding to look like that way by the time we got to hochi's office we had a plan for the guy you know what i mean so um sitting across from him and then getting the final green light he sent us on our way and said, you know, my house is your house. Let's go make some cigars. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause, you know, cause I imagine having a plant is probably definitely, you know, good. I mean, in his eyes, cause I can't even imagine mm-hmm. like people like me that just like, I would like a cigar, sir. You know, what would you like? <laughs> right, I would, right. I, I would like it brown and long. Yes. Um, I, Absolutely, don't, I, right. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like I said, you know, Kara's got one of my cigars there that, you know, that I, I do with Sinistro. I don't blend. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know anything about that. You know, I'm like, make me something really, really good. So right, um, you, you might so, have an idea of what you want, but it's it's the connecting the dots part, right? Yeah. Um, what, what did what did what did you guys want? Like, say, you know, when you when you went down there, you and Kendrick talking, like, hey, you know, we, we have a, an idea for some cigars. What what did you want? So what we wanted was exceptional quality over everything, right? So Hochi, um, his fermentation process lends itself to tobacco that's just fucking phenomenal he ages everything for like five years you know what i mean instead of 
upping the temperature and fermenting faster, he's going a little lower temperature, a little bit longer, and I, I feel like it really lets the tobacco be what it's supposed to be. And we knew that from smoking La Galera and taking mm-hmm. the factory tour during Pro Cigar. And so, like, these are this is info that we had, and that's why we wanted to work with him. So when we got down there, you know, when we're talking about, like, what are we going to make as a brand? What are we actually going to bring to the table for people to enjoy? We had in our mind a core lineup of eight cigars. If you look at the word apostate, there's eight letters in apostate. If you look at the main band on our cigar, there's eight symbols that spell out apostate. If you look at our logo there that you've got perfect. Oh, that's a way old one. Pull up the new one. That one's old. I don't. <laughs> the, 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 the new I, one looks better. Yeah. When, when, uh, when, I, when, I, when I Googled you, that's what came up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was on like a half wheel article one time, and that's the that, only one that people find. I think that's where I got this from. Yeah, yeah probably. Was, yeah. That's okay. The, the, the so we've wheel. updated our logo a little bit, um, but each symbol represents one of the cigars in the, in the core line. And so we knew we wanted eight to make the branding work. We're only doing one size per blend. Each blend is going to be unique. So we've got, you know, Maduro, Connecticut. Corojo, Candela, we're doing something different flavor profile-wise for every cigar. Coming from the retail side, we wanted to sort of solve a few retailer problems, right? And so if you're coming to me with your cigar, and I'm a beehive, and you want me to buy your stuff, and you've got five sizes per blend, and you've got 20 blends, and I'm like, that's the buy-in? Like, dude, I've got a couple of feet of shelf space for you. You know what I mean? Like, do you want to be in or, or like, do you want me to carry 40 cigars? So for us, it's like, okay, keep a small footprint, keep one size per blend. Let's be creative with the packaging. So we're not, we don't have a bunch of back stock up on shelves falling off. You know what I mean? So everything streamlined, everything, you know, 12 count bundles instead of boxes. We've got a really nice display tray that shows off the cigars and highlights each blend right on a shelf talker built into the box. So we had all of this ready to go in our heads before we sat down with Hochi. So from there, it was just cool. Now let's make the product. Right. Mm. Oh, right on. So, so all of yours come in bundles, no boxes, Mm -hmm. 12 count bundles. I, I, I I love that. Well, we, we, we've Mm -hmm. talked about that twice on the show now. I think just uh, last week we were talking about just boxes and, um, Mm -hmm. um, and, and I, you know, I was talking with, uh, um, uh, Mickey Pegg, All Saints Cigars. Oh, yeah, yeah. A, Saints, a month yeah. ago. You know, and, and I, I'd mentioned to him, like, oh, man, can't you just wait till boxes go away? And he's like, no, no, boxes are great. And then I'm like, yeah, no, it's, a, it's a divisive. It's a divisive subject, dude, because, yeah. like, the, you know, you want to you want to keep the tradition of that beautiful box. Right. And, yeah. and I get it. Like, that's it's art. It really it's truly it's art. Um, but it's also for us as retailers, it becomes a little wasteful. You know what I mean? Unless guys are buying cigars by the box all the time, which most dudes are not, then you as a retailer, you're like, okay, cool. Let's give away all these boxes or like sell them for five bucks or throw them in the trash. Like it becomes secondary to what people are in your shop for, which is the tobacco. Right. So we wanted to kind of skip that step. You know what I mean? Um, we're trying to give you something that still looks good. It's in beautiful black butcher paper. It's got a nice sticker that describes the, the blend inside. It's got the logo on the front. So they're still really nice. Uh, but we didn't want to go through the, the process of like getting something that a retailer is going to open up, take some cigars out, and then either sell, give away, or, or toss in the trash. You know, no. It's just It doesn't make sense anymore. 
Yeah, you know, and as and as collectors of cigar bands, cigar stickers, Jessica mm-hmm. and I, we love the butcher paper. We love being able to cut out, you know, the logo. We can make that a right. magnet. We can make it our own sticker, right. and we and we hang on to it versus just yeah. throwing out the button. We can put them on the walls, put them on anything else. Exactly, but, exactly. You know, we, Which we you throw- can now do with a, a bundle of apostate. It's got a great, nice, you know, two and a half, three inch sticker on the front. You can oh. slap that on a magnet, no problem, dude. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. And, uh, and we'll have to we'll have to find some. Where can uh, um, I? Uh, so I went to, I went to your website, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and um, uh, there was only I like six places, six uh, were you yeah, know. On so, your have you yeah, not updated it? No, the website is actually under construction. The website that you land on right now um, is is not. We haven't touched it in like a year and a half. So we should probably honestly just deactivate the, the web address for a second, but the new website will have a full list of retailers. Uh, it'll have a, you know, a, a retailer portal for, for actual store customers, stuff like that. The list that you see on there hasn't been updated in a minute. What do, did you, were you trying to get them from one of the people on the list? Cause they, yeah, and, 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 and none of them on the list sell online except scallywags. Right. And we were talking about uh, that. It's, it's, is Scallywags at it? Or what, what's going on with Scallywags? Scallywags is no more. So they, um, oh, okay. the owner of Scallywags was a guy named Chris. He sold it uh, and it became Havelina Cigars now. So it's under new ownership. I don't know if they have an online portal, to be honest with you. But yeah. in, for you guys in Florida, what's not on the list, uh, I've got uh, Island Girl Cigar Bar in Jacksonville. I've got Karen's Place in Daytona. Um, who else? Uh, I mean, you could go to tinderbox.com right now uh i've got a couple of tinderbox locations that carry it so you can you can go straight oh, okay yeah because I, I wanted to get some yeah. for the show then I, you know i'm like yeah. oh, i can't believe i you know i find it hard to believe that this was the list and then karen's right you know website i gotta talk to bruce about that i you know went to you know clicked on the link on her website and then mm-hmm. like you can't browse online i don't know where mm. that yeah and, and ordering i don't i don't know if you, i don't know so that was a whole online's bunch. tough man yeah just save yourself the trouble just go to tinderbox.com and you can see yeah. the whole lineup right there yeah yeah. So, um, uh, but yeah. So the, but you still need a website. People searching SEO. We're getting there. Yeah, or, getting or there. just, or at least just have the landing page. You mm-hmm. can't just di- disable the whole. The whole. Yeah, thing, it'll so. be uh, the new site should be live. Honestly, any day now, like within days. So. Okay. So yeah. so back so back to the factory. So so you're you're talking with Hochi, and um, so he takes you out, and you start blending. So how long, you know, how long were you guys down there? For that first like session talking with the him first session get... we were down there a week maybe just over a week you know uh and during that time we came up with our first three blends uh we've made several several trips since then for for subsequent blends uh we have four cigars on the market right now with two being debuted in july so we've we've had a lot of trips down there for blending and and you know checking on production stuff like that mm-hmm. All right, so we're, we're gonna we're gonna uh, circle back around uh, PCA 2021. Uh, that was your was that a your inaugural launch or were you at TPE that year? We were not. Well, I mean, we were at TPE that year, but we didn't have a booth. We were kind of just shaking hands, passing out business cards at, at TPE. Uh, PCA 2021, we had our had our booth. Or no, no, no. PCA 2022, we had our booth. 2022. We launched, uh, yes. Yeah, we launched uh, officially launched product in December of 2021. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I think that's where I, I got. Yeah, I was reading about that. Yeah, it was December 2021, PCA right. uh, 2022. How did right. the how did the show go for you guys? 
It was good, man. It was really good. Um, we are distributed by Illusion. And okay. so at PCA, uh, we were very near Illusion and, and everybody under the Illusion distribution umbrella. And so it was, it was good foot traffic. We had a lot of, uh, we had a lot of curious people like, what the hell is this? You know what I mean? It was great to just smoke with people and, and introduce them to who we were and, and let them know that, uh, we're, we're hoping to be here for real and do this for a long time. You know, we got a lot of traction. Yeah, I, I didn't. Um, I, I I was only there for one day, so I didn't get a chance mm-hmm. to see everybody. So I didn't. I didn't see you. I know I had to make my way over to Illusione, so I was talking with with them over there. Um, how'd you, how'd you get hooked up with uh, um, uh, getting them to uh, distribute for you? Um, that was another stroke of luck, man. We've had a few things just kind of fall <laughs> our way in this endeavor, dude. We we uh, we've worked with Dion obviously for a long time through the the retail spot through Beehive, right? So. We've known oh, okay, Dion, yeah. you know, forever. He's he's one state over from us. He's seven hours away by car. So he made a rare appearance at the, at the bar after the show one night. And, he he came, uh, he came out, bro. Yeah, we, I was like, <laughs> is that dude? Is that Dion? I was hanging out with Kendrick, <laughs> and yeah. he walked up. It was before there was a big crowd, so he knew what he was doing, right? Um, but he walked up and was walking by. I don't know if he was looking for a drink or looking to say hi to someone. We're like, Dion, hey, what's up, man? Great to see you. Um, we had known at the time that he was doing distribution and we were just going to distribute for ourselves here in Salt Lake. And, and so we were like, Hey man, can we pick your brain about distribution? You know, ask you a few questions. Um, and that, that conversation lasted all of two minutes before he was like, I'll just distribute for you. Like, just let me do it. We're like, all right. Yeah. That's that's easier. Let's do that. Absolutely. So <laughs> he hooked us up with his distribution guy Howard, and it was easy peasy. So how does how does that work? So I, I know Illusione uh, uh, distributes for quite a few people, and then there's mm-hmm. there's these different distribution hubs throughout the country. You know, right. of, uh, manufacturers. How does that work? Um, so obviously Hochi, uh, you know, makes the cigars. Do they send mm-hmm. everything to? to Dion's distribution center or does he yeah, hold exactly. anything back? Cause it's a, uh, or does he have, what, what, what's that term when he, when you got a, you know, a, um, a warehouse where you don't have to pay taxes. What's that term care? So it's a, uh, the bonded warehouse. Bonded bond warehouse trade zone. Um, yeah. Okay. So Dion actually went through the painful process of making sure that his warehouse was in a free trade zone in Nevada, in Reno. So it's uh, basically, Warehouse to warehouse, and uh, that helps a lot uh, as far as, like, what you pay up front versus what you pay later, right? Mm-hmm. So not to get into the weeds with it, but it was a blessing for us. You know what I mean? It was a good move. So, yeah, it goes um, from La Galera to, uh, you know, customs in Miami and then straight to the warehouse in Reno. They unbox everything, itemize everything. They keep inventory counts. When I put in an order for one of our customers, Howard does the fulfillment and the invoicing, and you know they handle they handle that side of it. So it's 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 nice, man, uh, to have somebody have your back that way when we're trying to deal with everything else. All right. So not 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 to get in, into specifics. I don't I don't want to price. So I'm trying to think of how Dion makes money doing this. Um, so does he uh, um, does he charge not necessarily you guys you know uh, does he charge for an incoming shipment and outgoing how does Dion make money? Um, Dion makes money in a lot of ways, man. <laughs> Dion, Dion's, <laughs> yeah. a, Dion's a savvy guy, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On the so, on the warehouse side, though. 
No, as far as fulfillment goes, usual fulfillment agreements across any industry is going to be some, usually a percentage of invoice. So for, for the oh, end oh, okay. Like, yeah. So. Okay. I, I was wondering. So yeah. I didn't know if you guys paid them to bring it in. So, yeah, it's so just a percentage of the invoice. So, yeah, okay. and, you know, there, I'm sure there are other costs involved, but uh, Kendrick pays the bills. So it's, you know, I'm just the one selling stuff and looking good on the internet. That, that's it. Know? The cigars are free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just, they just, they show they just, up in my hands. It's like and, magic. And I, yeah. Awesome. And, yeah. Yeah. Magic like a pair of underwear. Um, magic underwear. That's the that's only way it. I get stuff there, done. Yeah, dude. Absolutely. There was the segue in. Great segue, Kev. You know, to the magic underwear. Subtle. So, Super subtle. Subtle. Yeah. You know, <laughs> since well, since you brought it up, you know, but no, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, Fuck me. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so did you get a, a, a lot of new? Um, uh, did you get a lot of looky loos? Do you get uh, a lot of uh, uh, new clients at, at the uh, at the trade show? How you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a healthy balance of both. For me, um, PCA seems to be, you've got like maybe one day of, of like serious buying and, and then a couple days of looky-loos, right? So you've got guys who are showing up and they're just like, nope, I'm there for one day. I'm going to hit the people on my list and then I'm going to go home because they don't want to fuck around in Vegas, right? Yeah. Um, but then you've got other people who are ready to make a week out of it. And, you know, luckily they stumbled out of bed in time to make it to the show. And then they're mostly present enough to ask questions. Right. It's a good mix of everything. So I love trade shows for that reason. And I'm going to talk to people who maybe aren't going to buy, but you hope you plant that seed for later. Um, and then you got people who are like genuinely interested and open minded. And once they try the tobacco, it's an easy sell. So for me, um, what was interesting was actually TPE this year. Um, TPE this year was pretty, pretty cool, man. I, I feel like we got more traction at that show than we did at PCA. And it'll probably be that while for us, be that way for us for a while, based on the fact that we've only been around for a year and a half, you know, the more people hear our name and then come to the booth, it's going to, it's going to ramp up for a couple of shows. So it's nice to see that ramping up, I guess, is the point there. Yeah, you know, I've, I've heard right. other boutique cigar companies say uh, TPE does a little bit better for them. Um, and they like that trade show a little bit more for the cost, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. I mean, cause it's gotta be at least what half the cost for you guys, uh, of PCA. I think so. I think it was around there. Um, yeah, man. And I mean, cost aside, like is the trip worth it? You know what I mean? So obviously we were at PCA cause it was worth it. Uh, TPE was, was definitely worth it, man. We had more people. I, I feel like TPE was less looky loo, less, you know, exhibition, and more business, more like these people are here to add stuff to their humidor and they're talking to us for a reason, you know, so it just felt more deliberate. Yeah. What, what about a, a Dortmund? Is that, is that one of your, uh, um, uh, inner tobacco? Is that, is that on your, your bucket list? Absolutely. Yeah. It's on the bucket list, man. Um, if not this year, then, then hopefully next year it's that to me is, you know, it, it as far as like feedback from other people goes, it's kind of like PCA, uh, for Europe. You know what I mean? So there's really no reason not to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Other than the, like the cost. I mean, that's a cost. I right mean, there's, there. there's that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, a cost, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's it. So, uh, you know, are, are you, you know, uh, so you got TPE you know, this year, you got PCA. That's a, that's a hell of an investment for, you know, to, mm -hmm. to try and recoup that, you know, sure. in, in a, you know, a timely manner. 
you know, sure. because you, I mean, you know, there, there are companies that that work, you know, will work for the rest of this year just to mm-hmm. recoup that cost. You know, yeah, of, absolutely. Of going there, mm-hmm. right? So, right, um, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's um it's one of those things where that's why you know, we really believe in the product that we're offering. We know that it's good quality. We, we stand behind the quality and, and then the rest is just the story that you get to use to sell the product. Right. So it's like, if there's, if there's a no, it's not usually because of the cigars. It's because you maybe don't know me yet. You don't know Kendrick yet. Right. So it's our job to get over that hurdle and introduce you to who we are and hopefully help you understand that we're not complete assholes. Do you guys ever think about hiring a couple of um, people uh, to dress in white shirts and black ties and ride around on bicycles, uh, hanging out your cigars? If anyone was going to wear a white shirt, a black tie and ride around on a bicycle and hand out cigars, it would be Kendrick. Okay. He would be the guy on the bike. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you just, Uh, you just have a book. You open it's hollow. It's hollowed out. It's so hollow there you go. So you go up to somebody and I'm like, hey, can I get a moment of your oh time? I'd, lo- I'd like to talk to you about. And then you I hand them it. a cigar. And then. I love that. I love everything about it. Yeah. No, oh. great idea. If you see it happen, I'm going to pretend that this conversation didn't occur. That's you know, it. That's all, it it's all yeah. yours because if that happened to me, I would be like, yes. Yes, I would like, I would like to talk more. So please, what do you have to that. say? Um, I love it. So, um, do do either That's you or Ken? Great. I mean, you guys were in, you know, in in the in the, obviously in the business. Beehive was there. Do you guys have have any fanboy moments? Like like, oh my god, I just talked to, you know. I still so, do. Yeah. See, ah, uh, I I I'm I'm still that way. I'm still I'm, that 100% way. I'm hundred percent still that way all the time. Yeah, dude. Because to me, like those are the those people are the reason I'm in the industry. You know what I mean? Like these are the people who blaze the trail ahead of us, and like. Kendrick's not as prone to being starstruck as I am, um, but I'm I'm a nerd, dude. I'm like I'm a cigar nerd above all else. So when it comes to like sharing, you know, we're a PCA and I've got Nick Melillo in the booth right across from me. I'm like, it's fucking Nick Melillo, dude. You know? What I, mean? I know. It's like, or you walk by and you're like, what's up, Pete Johnson? And he's like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I I totally have fanboy moments all the time. Um, <laughs> we were we were lucky enough to do the. Uh, Meet the Professor podcast with Jose Blanco and Carlito Fuente a few weeks ago. And that whole time I was trying to answer questions. I was like, Carlito Fuente just asked me that. That's cool. You know? (laughs) I I know. I remember the first time I said, and he touched my beard. And I'm like, oh my God. Carlito Fuente is touching my beard. You know? He's a beard toucher. Yeah, he'll get you. (laughs) He he is. I've seen him. I thought I was was special until I saw him touch other beards. You know, well, like, I mean, yeah, look yeah, at that yeah. beard. How could yeah, you not? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's it. You know, yeah, same Pete Johnson. Like, said, when, you know, I, I get like a text from Pete, and I'm like, ah, Pete, yeah, Johnson, man. You know, like, Steve Saka's yeah. in my phone as Steve fucking Saka. That's Steve how fucking it Saka. Yeah, That's dude. It. Absolutely. It. Jose Blanco's in my phone as Jose fucking Blanco. You know? Yeah, yeah. The only one I get nervous is James from Sinistro because he sends me, he's, he's like a fucking millennial, and then he'll send me like a weird text. He's like, he's like, bro. What the fuck yeah. are you doing? And then, yeah. uh, then I get, then I got to send back. I'm like, I don't know what you hear. I go, I'm I sorry. I don't know. And then he's just like, no, I'm like, like then he's like, no, what are you doing like right now? And I'm like, and then I've had to tell him every, I'm like, James, stop fucking texting me that yeah. way. 
Well, like, he I, texts I, the way he talks. Like, if you've I, had I, a conversation I, with him, that's just how he talks. And so when you read a text, you have to plug in the James voice I, to yeah, interpret I, the tone <laughs> of the text. You know what I mean? Because he'll text I, me too, and he's like, dude, what are you doing? I'm like, yeah, like right I, now? Like, what? You, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's it's dude. Yeah, D-O-O-D, dude. D-O-O-D, yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, what are, what are you, like, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, I, what'd you hear? I'm like, and then it, it'll be like on a Tuesday. So I'm trying yeah. to think of like, shit, what did I say on the show last night? Cause that's right, always right. in my mind. Like what dumb <laughs> shit did I say? You know, now it got back to James, you know, I'm like, you yeah. with Jessica then Jessica, did yeah, I say yeah. anything stupid? Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> you know, that's it. So, it is what yeah. it is. Take the constructive feed, feedback afterwards. You know what I mean? Say, yeah. say, your, say your thing, you know, <laughs> that's it. So, so one week, Post PCA, your inaugural mm-hmm. debut. How was Apostate Cigars different than it was one day prior to PCA? Not just, I mean, did you get a lot of you know good knowledge? I mean, how how's the company yeah. different? That was a good question, man. Uh, so, I think before PCA, you have a lot of preconceptions about what it's going to be, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to open you know, 150 new accounts and I'm, we're just going to be the talk of the town and everyone's going to know who we are and we're going to be on every shelf. And you're like a week later, that definitely didn't happen. And it was weird that you thought that it might, you know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> you're, 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 you're on cigar aficionado's website. Are they talking about me yet? Yeah. 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 Where's, where's, <laughs> hashtag apostate. I'm looking. No, dude, yeah. it was one of those, like, it was really cool because it got to solidify that like, Growth for us is organic and it stayed organic. And I, and I don't know if a blow up moment would have been a good thing. You know what I mean? So it's like steadily picking up steam, you know, each trade show, every town I'm in, every shop I visit, slowly, steadily picking up steam, every podcast I do, there's always an uptick, right? And so eventually you get to a point where there's enough uptick that maybe you don't have to try as, I mean, I don't want to say you don't have to try as hard, but now when I walk into a shop, people are like, oh yeah, I've heard of apostate. It's great to meet you versus a year ago. Who the fuck are you? You know? So it's, it's, there's definite progress being made. And I think a week after PCA, that progress was becoming more evident. Yeah. Uh, Uh, How did you guys do at the BCA? Oh, you guys were at BCA as well. Yeah, we went to the Boutique Cigar Festival in Indiana in August. That was a blast, man. That was super fun. Um, cool cool way to be like face-to-face with consumers the first time as a manufacturer. That was our first, instead of selling to retailers, we were selling to the actual smokers and having dinner with them, having drinks with them, hanging out. And that was rad, man. I would do that again in a heartbeat. Um, I think they're doing it again this year, but I think they're looking at Florida instead of Indiana. So. The BCA yeah. is a cool organization, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, de- yeah. I think that's what I read too. They're doing it in Florida, so if, uh, um, uh, we're in Florida, so uh, um, we'll definitely have to hook up. We'll yeah, I think, I think that. they're looking yeah. at Tampa, dude. Honestly, I think I heard they're looking at Tampa. So really, I think so yeah, uh, that's that's what I heard. Wow, that's a uh, hopefully find a uh, a reasonable venue, you know, in you know, because <laughs> there are places outside Tampa that may be a little bit more. Uh, uh, cost effective, yeah. but a lot of great lounges, yeah. you know. A lot uh, of great lounges, yeah. I love Tampa, man. That's you can cool have it town. at your lounge, Kev. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have it at, at our lounge, yeah. The one we're building, yeah. We can fit eight people in there, you know. Maybe third, <laughs> you know. So, yeah. So, Dibs. so let's, let, yeah. That's it. So let's let's talk about your uh, uh, your blends now that uh, we're yeah. so 
the, the what were the first three that you what was the, fir- the first one we'll, we'll start with the first one what was the other so first yeah blend? uh first three blends happened uh, at during our first trip down to see hochi yeah. in february of, of 2021 um so that week mm-hmm. we learned a lot um we got to work with uh Ho- hochi's son jose manuel i don't know if you guys have met him i have uh, not super smart kid he's gonna go far in the industry he's gonna pick up the mantle and and run with it. Um, so the first thing we blended at all was kind of at sort of Hochi's direction, right? Cause we've never done this before. So Hochi kind of writes down, we tell him what we're looking for. We want a nice Habano, you know, Dominican Habano, but we're going to do our thing on our part to kind of make it unique, make it apostate. Right. So he writes down, you know, what leaves would be good for a recipe for Habano. We take the note back. We go back to the blending room and there's a bunch of leaves out there and we just start going. We, we, we just, you know, pick through, okay, these are the Lajeros we want to try, the Seikos, the Visos, the Binder, the Wrapper. Let's try all these and, and narrow it down. So you spend that time, you know, smoking each individual leaf, highlighting what flavor stands out to you, and then finding a way to bring it all together and turn it into a cigar. And then you have to adjust the ratios. So the now, first now thing. I don't, I, so I don't want to interrupt. So was there someone no, like in, so was there someone in that room with you? You're, you're picking the cigars and like, like there or the tobaccos. Yeah, and they're so, making they're, it? so they're, uh, so Jose Manuel was in the room with us yeah. and then their, their, uh, their blending uh, production manager was in the room with us. And so he's the one rolling up the little Fumas for us as we're asking oh, okay. for different leaves. And so, yeah, we're, we're definitely, we've got help. Right, because we're just a couple of white guys from Utah. Oh, okay, like, I'm, like, a, I'm like, I'm like, are you guys yeah. picking it up? What are you? I mean, I'm like, yeah, this, well, this looks I mean, yes good. <laughs> yeah, like yes and no, right? Like this is they they kind of give us like suggestions as far as here's what you should be picking from, and so we picked from that and then narrowed it down. So that was uh, the the initiatory is our Habano. It's a Sumatra wrapper. Uh, we landed on a San Andres binder. And then a variety of, of Dominican fillers. So it's a very mostly traditional Habano. Um, but that San Andres binder, we felt really tied the blend together. Uh, it's like the rug in the Big Lebowski. It's the thing that, you know, you get rid of it and <laughs> something's missing, right? So that that's, uh, that's what stood out for us was that San Andres. And using it as a binder just tied the whole thing together. So that was now, our, now, that's the initiatory. So how, how, many, how many iterations of that cigar before... Like, you know, changing things up before you, you know, you got it right. Was that pretty quick? Was that like a couple of It was of pretty hour? quick. Yeah. yeah, it was It was that day. It was pretty quick. We went through several iterations of it, but yeah. it happened that day. Um, so, and then, you know, obviously there's the thing where you, you want to fly home and, and take samples with you and see how it does over time. We, we've, you know, we've talk, not, yeah, we've talked about that yeah. before on the show. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, everything is not necessarily locked in the day you leave, but you're at a very good starting point. You think that if everything goes the way it's supposed to, it should end up what you want it to be. And that was the case for us. So, uh, yeah, that was the first one we blended. And then, uh, that same week we blended our Maduro. It's called well, the Deseret. Let, 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 let's go back to the initiatory for a second. Yeah, uh, what's yeah. the, the, uh, the meaning behind the name? Because I want to go to the meaning behind the names. Sure. Of the cigars yeah. So as well. the initiatory, um, the initiatory is obviously it's it's got kind of a layered meaning for us. Initiatory meaning this is our introduction to blending. This is our introduction to bringing a product to the world. 
Uh, and it's also the name of the first ceremony that you go through uh, as a Mormon when you enter the temple for the first time. So it's, you know, it's kind of attaching itself to our, our Mormon roots that way. The symbol that we have now, not the one on the graphic that you showed earlier, uh, but the, the current logo, that first symbol, the A, yeah, it's different now, um, is a symbol taken from the outside of the Mormon temple. If you ever visit one and you look up, there's carvings in the stone. And it's the it's kind of an oval with a couple of hands shaking uh, as as the emblem. So that's you know we took it from the temple because we wanted to you know the initiatory ceremony and it's our first cigar. It's our introduction to what we feel like good Dominican tobacco from Ho Chi's factory can taste like. So. All right, so we're we're gonna we're gonna back up for uh, again one second before we get into the Desiree Desiree or Deseret. 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 Let's talk about for one second the name apostate. We we never even I never even had that as, as a question uh, on the list of what what that name meant. How you guys came sure. up with that name? Yeah, yeah, that is um that's kind of the whole vibe for us. Is is Kendrick and I had very similar backgrounds. We didn't know each other, but we had very parallel upbringings. You know, be, growing up in Utah, obviously there's the whole Mormon thing. When when we did both make the decision to leave the church. When you're no longer following the path that they think you should be on, they call you an apostate. It's a religious term for someone who's who's no longer following uh, a belief system. So that's that's what they call you. And we figured um, being a cigar brand in Utah and having the history that we have, if that's what they're going to call us, we should probably lean in a little bit, you know? <laughs> own it. Own it. Yeah. Just own yeah. it, man. You call me an apostate? All right, cool. I'm an apostate. Yeah. All right. So the next cigar, the Deseret. Uh, the Deseret, yeah, that's our Maduro, man. Um, I wish you guys here. Let me. I think I have one. I'm gonna be off camera for one second. Okay. I want to show it to you. All right. This will be I, a... I feel like he might know uh, the question that Manny always asks. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Sure yeah, where is Manny tonight? He was on earlier. He said with his buttons. Oh, <laughs> uh, what was it? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So this is the Deseret. In the Book of Mormon, the term Deseret means honeybee. Um, when when the pioneers settled Utah, it was known as the territory of, of Deseret. Uh, Utah is the beehive state from that tradition. It, it kind of means it, it symbolized their industrious work ethic, you know, their hardworking people, oh, okay. blah, 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 right? So the territory of Deseret, Deseret means honeybee. So when we made the Maduro, we've got, uh, let's get some focus there. You've got some Connecticut oh, okay. accent stripes. And then at the top, you've got a cap that kind of looks like a stinger. We want a kind of a honeybee vibe, right? For a Maduro, it's pretty sweet, too. So it hits on, you know, the whole the honeybee theme. Um, it's a San Andres wrapper. We've got a Dominican Olor binder. And then you have filler from the DR and uh, Nicaragua in there to really sweeten it up. So that one's probably my top seller um you mentioned your boy boston jimmy at the top of the show he gave us a 96 rating on that one and he also oh, gave wow. us the number four cigar of the year with that one nice. so it's, wow. a, it's a good cigar man yeah oh uh, right on um and then uh, um uh so that was the the second cigar you're blending during your during your session down there is this yeah, still day show. is this is this still day one of blending or is this no, now God, day? no. Yeah, no. Okay, that, 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 that's that's yeah. something like how you know, like you guys just banging these out and then uh, no, so. it's um when you're blending, um, it's a lot. You know what I mean? So it, you can, can you imagine. can really 
you can wear out the palate super quickly. Um, so no, we did we we stuck with kind of a, a one cigar at a time situation when we're trying to stay, taste stuff. So uh, it was I don't remember if it was the next day or the day after, but either way, the next one we worked on okay. uh, was was the Deseret. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so what, what what was your what was morning two like when you guys woke up? Like just uh, you're like ah. for real. Yeah, yeah it was, like yeah. no, no, no more cigars. No, no more. Totally surreal. Yeah, it's it's, you know, that's the nice thing about being down there is like, yeah, you're smoking a lot and you're taking it all in, but you're you're in the environment where that stuff is created. It smokes cleaner. Everything is fresher. Everything's like, you know, the right pH, the right humidity. I really didn't get a lot of palate fatigue, wrapping over into the next day. Um, after, after a good night's sleep and a good Dominican breakfast, I was ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And then, uh, um, uh, the, the next, uh, the next cigar, uh, the third one is called the Leahona. That's our Connecticut. So it's a, it's a Connecticut wrapper, uh, San Andres binder. So, so far in all three blends, we've used San Andres somehow. Right. Um, and then we've got filler from the DR and a little bit of filler from Paraguay in that cigar, oh. which we didn't even know existed until we were in the blending room. We were kind of stuck on a, a note that we felt like we were missing from the cigar. We just couldn't quite get there. And Jose Manuel, Hochi's son, was like, you know, we should try some of this filler we got from Paraguay because I think it'll do what you're looking for. And he brought it out and we rolled up a little fuma of just that leaf, smoked it by itself. I walked out of there wanting a whole bundle of just that leaf, man. That that tobacco is like buttered popcorn. It's like creamy, a little bit salty, a little bit sweet. It was it, it adds a lot to the blend. Um, that one is a 45 ring gauge, and it's also a torpedo. So it's a thin, long torpedo. Um, Liahona is another Book of Mormon term. It means compass. So the cigar is kind of long and thin and pointed oh, like, like the needle of a compass. So, yeah. Wow. So at, were there were there times where you guys had? I mean, cause I, I'm it's work. You guys are down there from work, but you're also there. You know, it, it's a like you said, it's a surreal time. You're blending <laughs> cigars. You're yeah. I mean, your your adrenaline's pumping. You know, was right. it? Did you guys have to calm yourselves down? Like, hey, you know, take take <laughs> take a step back. Like, I want this, and I, it's like going to a buffet for the first time. You come yeah. back with a giant plate. And you're like, yeah, what am I gonna do with all of this? <laughs> Absolutely, it was like that, dude. Yeah, hundred percent. You have to, especially me, right? Because like I was telling you earlier, I'm a cigar nerd. Like Kendrick is way better at being like even keel focused, like into what we're there for, right? Me. I'm like, holy shit, man. Like we're blending cigars with Hoji Blanco. Like, let's go. Like I want to, let's, let's do all the things, you know, let's go to the farm. Let's go visit Ram at El Artista and see if he wants to work with us. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I, 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 you couldn't (laughs) shut me up. You couldn't turn me off. Uh, I did. I was able to like, you know, find my Zen, find my center, refocus. Right. And, and, and do what we were there to do. Uh, but I am a little excitable. For sure. Oh yeah, like, like yeah. I, I would be like, I want all thirteen of these tobaccos in my one cigar, please. You know? Dude, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it gets yeah. to that point, and that's what's nice about Kendrick and I both being involved, right? If it was just me blending or just him blending, I'm sure we would end up with a good product. But where it's both of us, 
especially with the retail background. I mean, I was the buyer for Beehive Cigars. I'm the one smoking every sample that comes to the store. I'm the one, you know, quality control testing every cigar in the humidor so that I can recommend it to people to buy, right? So after doing that for five, six years, I've smoked thousands of cigars. Kendrick yeah. smoked thousands of cigars. We have an idea of, A, what, what represents good quality, but also, B, what are people asking for? What are people into? So you, you kind of take that knowledge with you when you go down there. And that way you're not just skating on, you know, Brandon's nerdy, overactive, ready-to-go brain. It's you're, you're taking research with you like, okay, here's traditionally what I've enjoyed about a Connecticut. Here's what I've enjoyed in a Maduro. How do we bring that to the table? How do we make it our own thing? How do we use Hochi's? really good quality Dominican tobacco to get there. So it's, we, we had a lens to look through, you know, for sure. Right on. Uh, Gordon, we're going to get to your question okay. here shortly. Uh, Jessica, can you put uh, Sonia Cotas uh, um, uh, up? Um, and uh, they asked, uh, I, I watched an interview with EP Carrillo where he said his blenders, tasters would drink B8 tomato juice to cleanse the palate, palate when creating new cigars. Did, uh, did yeah. Hochi and his team, did, did they have a, a process you know, in between where, where you guys were you know, refreshing yourselves? <laughs> no, man, it was uh, <laughs> every man for himself. You know what I mean? No, it, it, they know that we're not novices when it comes to smoking. They weren't, yeah. they weren't trying to babysit us. They would ask, you know, they'd be like, hey, you guys good? How you feeling? You need a break? You tired? And, you know, we would tell them yes or no, right? And for me, cleansing the palate means some sparkling water and an espresso. And then I'm back to it. You know what I mean? So um, I, I know there are people who are very deliberate when they're blending, but I feel like I've done this enough uh, and for long enough that, that I know when my palate needs a timeout and, and when I'm still okay. So it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't too involved that way. I have heard the the tomato juice trick. I've never used it, though. I, 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 ha I haven't either. Uh, uh, Sokka doing a, a little uh, thing with him, and it was uh, room temperature. Uh, I hate sparkling water, but his yep. was room temperature sparkling water. Yeah. And that I always does for me. Water for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Kara, is that what you is that what you use yep. as well? Yeah. Just yep. I, room I, temperature even, sparkling even water. Yeah, even when I smoke cigars, that's that and coffee. I really enjoy yeah. drinking that when smoking a cigar. Yeah, and yeah. Steve, that was, that was the one thing in that uh, the the class where we were rolling these little tabaqueros. You know, it was a uh, sparkling oh, yeah. water, and then he had a uh, um, uh, bowls of coffee beans on the table. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what we would do is we would drink the uh, um, uh, the sparkling water and then mm -hmm. sniff the coffee beans. Yep. And the first time I yep. did that, like it, the that combination, it reset. It, like it reset yeah. my body. And yeah, it, it just is. Like, oh yeah, it does. It's invigorating too. Yeah. Sniff yeah, absolutely. No. And I yeah, think the, yeah. the, the room temperature part is just by virtue of the fact that you're in Nicaragua or in the Dominican Republic. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. not going to stay cold for long anyway. So <laughs> room temperature is where you're at. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that, uh, I, I have a question, Ken, but I'm yeah. going to wait till you get through the lineup. Okay. So so that, that'll be our next one, the one that Karen and I are most excited about. Um, and that is because uh, Karen and I, uh, and I tell everybody that there are there aren't two people in this industry that love Candela more than Karen and I, hands down. Fuck yeah. It, awesome. It's, it, it's the best. So let's talk about your feathered love serpent. Um, now, I don't remember a feathered serpent in like the, the only thing I know about the, like the, the Book of Mormon is from South Park. 
So that was, right. I, like that's right. everything I know about. Dude, honestly, that's a yeah. great that's a great tie-in. Like the 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 South Park episodes about the Book of Mormon. Like yeah. yeah, they're satire and yeah, they're hilarious and they're obviously making fun of shit. They're also very accurate. They're very <laughs> like they, they have a lot of like yes, this is true information yeah. in, in there. So uh, no, feathered serpent does not come directly <laughs> from the Book of Mormon. Um, <laughs> It's oh. it's one of those things that's not really doctrine in the Mormon world, but it is a commonly held belief by a lot of members of the faith that when the Aztecs and, and ancient cultures were talking about Quetzalcoatl, that yeah. they were trying to refer to Jesus Christ. The whole premise of the Book of Mormon is that it's another story of Jesus Christ preaching to his people the native people in the Americas, which was, you know, a lost tribe of Jerusalem and blah, blah, blah. We can get into it. But um, there, the, the Mormon belief there is like, oh, yeah, well, I mean, if Joseph Smith's Book of Mormon is referring to, you know, the ancient peoples of, of early, you know, North, Central and South America, well, then Quetzalcoatl is obviously just a, a representation of Jesus. And so Quetzalcoatl is commonly referred to as the feathered serpent. And that was sort of our, our tie in there as far as. Okay. Cause I've always wanted to visit the temple of feathered serpent, Mm -hmm. you know, I said, that's what I was wondering if that's Mm -hmm. where this came Mm -hmm. from, you know? uh, Okay. Was it meant to the South park, Kevin? Well, no, I I know uh, ancient aliens is where I learned about uh, the temple of feathered serpent. So, I don't know uh, if you want to be like a Guatemala, uh, right, uh, what, what, what the yeah. hell does uh, Candela got to do with the head of serpent, please? Yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's in, in Mexico, the, the Mayan temple. In Mexico. But, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, awesome. So, I mean, was that a was that kind of a, a shock with Ho Chi? It's like, hey, you know, I don't yeah. get a lot of boutique asking for this Candela. Yes, yeah, 100%. Um, it was almost a no from Ho Chi, and he doesn't tell us no, really, you know what I mean. Uh, he's pretty content to let us do our thing because we bring everything to him when we're done and it goes through his desk and, mm-hmm. and he smokes it and puts his little seal of approval. Like, yeah, cool. I'm, a, I'm comfortable with this coming out of my factory. Right. So when we told him uh, during our second blending trip that we wanted to make a candela, he straight up at first, he was like, don't do it. Nobody likes candela. I don't like candela. <laughs> it won't sell. And we're like, bro, it's called the feathered serpent. Like we want, you know yeah. what I mean? Like we, we want this candela. It, it fits the theme, man. Come on. So he, he relented and uh, he let us fuck around with some candela that he just happened to have, which was not a lot. Um, it was candela from Ecuador. It was your traditional Habano seed, really thin, more yellow than green. Right. Um, so we, we came up with a really cool blend with it and um, used a San Andres binder on that one again and then all Dominican filler. And we took it back to him and he really liked it. And so, which was a surprise to him and us. Uh, He was like, okay, cool. Yeah, we can make a candela. I don't have any candela. Yeah. (laughs) So we were like, uh, what are we gonna do? So he he actually ended up growing uh, an entire crop of uh, Dominican Corojo seed candela on his farm in Hacagua in the Dominican Republic just for that cigar. Um, it's, it's so good. It's so good. Being Corojo seed, being Dominican grown, it's thicker. It's not as fragile as your Ecuadorian, uh, Candela. It's not as grassy. It doesn't have that like wet hay note to it. It's very creamy. It's a little sweet. Um, it, it's really interesting, man. I, I'm going to actually send you guys some. So after the show, Kevin, give me your info 
and you guys being fanboys of Candela, I'll send you a couple. Oh, um, it, 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 it's I, great. And, and, and that, and that, you know, um, that says a lot for Hochi cause he could have just called the Olivas, you know, there, I mean, they, right. they supply Candela's to 99% of the, the industry, but just yeah. to grow, you know, yeah. like, Oh, Hey, you, know, you guys want to back? I'll just, I'll just grow Honestly, it real quick. <laughs> I don't know this. This is speculation, but I kind of feel like Hochi was maybe wanting to fuck around with Candela a little anyway, and this was kind of a good excuse. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, I don't know that's, that. That's got to. That's got to be the only. I mean, I mean, you dedicated a portion of your farm to a, yeah. to a, a tobacco Super that you cool. don't that you don't like. That he doesn't yeah, like. He doesn't so, smoke it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that that was cool for us. Um, that really made us feel like. Hochi's in it with us. You know what I mean? It made it feel like he's not just being nice. Like he really wants to see apostate succeed. He knows that what we're doing is, is bringing an interesting, good quality product to people. And so to have him dedicate a portion of his farm to grow a wrapper for this company that's still on its way up and, and becoming more well-known is, is a huge testament to, I think, to what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely tests me, you know, that, that, that gives you, you know, that, that's a great talking point, you know, in the industry. Sure. It's like, yeah, you know, sure. it's like, Hey, you know, Oh, where'd you guys get the Candela? Did you get it from the Leva? No, no. Mm-hmm. Hochi grew the first Candela that he's ever, ever done before, you know, yeah. on his, on his yeah. field for, for that's us. That's huge. You yeah, know, that, yeah. that's huge. I mean, that, I mean, as a cigar nerd, you know, I would be like, okay. Like yeah. I'm, you know, like that's Dude. mad props right there. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely yeah, going to smoke, yeah. smoke that the one. Significance, uh, the significance was, was not lost on me, man. I was pretty overwhelmed by that. Actually. That's, that's a big move. Plus those who don't know a lot about Candela, just what you just described, the difference between the Ecuadorian thinner wrapper with what he's growing. It also lets, it introduces folks to Candela and, and, right. and the knowledge and the background behind it. And, mm-hmm. Um, even your description of the flavor profile, you know, might right. even get someone to give it a try because yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's folks roll in there and they see green cigars. They're like, yeah, you know, my friend told me that that just tastes gross. Right. Or, or it's the cigar that they reach for on St. Patrick's day. And that's right. It, you know what I mean? It's well, like, and, there and, are... and the problem with that is like you said, St. Patrick's day, I, you know, I said, you know, I, I've said it a thousand times. There are more bad candelas on the market than there are good ones. Mm-hmm. So on St. Sure. Patrick's day, you're, your local lounge is having an event that you're, you're buying a $3 candela cause it's green, you know, right, to go with your right. green beer. And that's the right. candela that, you know, yeah. that you're being in, in like, Oh my God, this sucks. But let me get a photo for Instagram, right. with my green cigar. Right. You know? Yeah. So. Th- for me, candela is less about like the flavor or how it's blended. It's more about construction because I've had so many just blow up. Because yeah. they, you know what I mean? The, the tobacco expands and that wrapper is really fragile. So the second you start lighting and putting heat to it, it cracks, man. Yeah. So that's that's the tough luck for me with Candela. And why I'm super glad that the, the Corojo seed that he's using is so thick and, and it's, it's kind of toothy. Um, when you guys get them, you'll be able to see it's got a closed foot on it. So when you get it, kind of peel out that closed foot a little bit and, and feel the texture of that wrapper. It's thick, man. It's hardy. You can, you can stretch that shit. Candela is, I think, what confuses people. It's not a seed varietal, right? It's not a type yeah. of tobacco. Yeah. It's a fermentation process. Right. So by virtue of fermenting it in the Candela tradition, you really, I mean, you could use technically any tobacco you wanted. Obviously, there are going to be ones that are better suited for it, and I feel like we landed on a winner for sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. That was your yeah. question, Kev, right? A while back. 
can any tobacco be a candela? That that's what yeah. you know. You know, I, I can't remember who we were talking about about that. You know, can any you know, and obviously you know some definitely work you know better. And I, I want a Connecticut broadleaf candela. Can I have that? Can I have a, a Mexican San Andreas? Candela, I want that as well. Right, you know? right. So, That's when you get into murky territory. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh exa- exactly. And a lot of people don't know. Like I said, you know, um, uh, uh, Candela. It was like I said, it was a cigar everybody smoked up until yeah. like six, like nineteen seventy-five. Yeah, yeah. Dude. You know, was, uh, late, yeah. late, late sixties. It was still yeah. pretty popular. You know, 78, 79, you know, kind of yeah. dis- disappeared. It and... used to be referred to as like the American style wrapper. The American I mean? market own... selection. Yeah, yeah, the American yep. market selection. Exactly. So it had its own, you know, category in the U.S. market. It was so prominent. I mean, you can still, I remember watching TV shows from the 70s when I was yeah. a kid. Like, I think it was like Kojak or something where he yeah. had a fucking candela cigar. That was like all you could find. Yeah. All so, the old uh, MASH, Barney Miller. You know, yes, Hogan's yeah, Heroes, yeah. all those shows, right. they all have Candela cigars. Yeah, that, that was that was the only the, the only thing out there. So uh, your your partner, uh, Kendrick, um, was he big into Candela's, too? Or is he just like, what we are you both doing? Are. No, okay. We both are. Um, that was kind of the that was the uh, more the catalyst than the fact that we wanted a green cigar for, you know, our feathered serpent themed, you know, line there. It was it was more about. Kendrick and I love Candela, love Candela, uh, especially when they're good, right? Um, so for us, like the Holy Grail was uh, the Illusion uh, HL Candela, yeah. or, or like the the Illusion Triple uh, Eight Candela. Yeah, man, like for me, Dion was was the gold standard for for blending Candela. You've got other good ones out there, the Roma Craft, you know, Jake Wyatt. There's plenty of good Candela. Um, so when we sat down to blend one, it was less about, okay, how do we copy that success and more about how do we, how do we continue that trend and make an interesting everyday smokable candela? So that was the challenge for us. And, and I think, uh, the fillers we used that San Andreas binder and then that proprietary wrapper, uh, fucking nailed it, man. I'm so proud of that cigar. I love that candela. Yeah, that, that's awesome. I remember uh, uh, um, telling Karen this a while back. I, I sent John Olive Senior an email, and I just had like like two questions about Candela, and then mm-hmm. he's like, "Hey, here's my phone. Just call me." And I, I talked to him for two and a half hours on the phone. I saw my computer. I took. I'm typing as fast as as he's talking, taking all these notes, and it's just like <laughs> he just gave me a couple hours of his time, and that's awesome. You know, I just learned everything yeah, I could ever so cool. want to know uh, about, about Candela, about keeping it refrigerated, this and that, and, yep. you know, out Halting of the sun. The fermentation process. Yeah, that's man. it, you know, yeah. and, and, and care, you know, you know, you know, visited, you know, tons of lounges where, you know, the lighting, you know, it's no longer oh, green. Yeah. It's not even, it's not even yellow anymore or green. No, it's just, like, it looks like a Connecticut or some yeah, of them yeah. will even get darker. Some of them will just turn yeah. brown. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, I've seen it go both ways. Yeah, that that's uh, um uh, uh yeah. Like I said we we we've all seen that in the in the lounges. Um, Don't forget about that question. Yep, yep. We'll we'll come back to that because we're we're getting uh, uh coming out on that. Um, so is is that so the feathered serpent that's on the market? So we've got the next yep. one. So I I had these last like four that were on your website, but it yep. said coming soon. So I don't know if Correct. those were out mm-hmm. because of it's the the outdated website the the sword uh, right, of right. leban 
Sort of Laban. Yeah, that's Laban. another Book of Mormon term. Yep. Um, everything that we're doing kind of ties into our, our Mormon heritage, our Mormon upbringing. And it's not – I want to clarify that we're not trying to make fun of anything. Um, this is us embracing where we came from and tying it into where we are now. We, we take uh, you know nostalgia from the community that we left and put it into the community that we chose kind of thing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So yeah. everything has a little bit of a, you know, Mormon mythology vibe to it. Yeah. So the sword of Laban, um, another book of Mormon term, it's actually kind of a interesting story. If you ever have time, if you, when you see me at the trade show, I'll tell you the story. It's a good one. Um, but, uh, that's going to be a Churchill at seven and a quarter in length, 47 ring gauge, Corojo wrapper, uh, San Andres binder, and then uh, all Dominican filler. So it's it's reminiscent of the initiatory in that it is another Habano, but with that Corojo wrapper on there, uh, with the ring gauge and the length and the fillers we chose, it's a little sweeter than the initiatory. It's a little lighter in body and, and strength. So it's a nice, cool, you know, afternoon smoke. I love that cigar. It's, it's very... Um, it's unique, but you, you get a lot of what you love out of a Habano from it, for sure. And then number six, so we'll be debuting that one. Um, okay. That's our fifth blend. We'll be debuting that one and our sixth blend at PCA. They're both in production right now. Uh, we're just waiting for you know a little resting time and then packaging and, and shipping to uh, the warehouse. So number five and, and number six will be at PCA. Um, the number six is a box-pressed Toro. Uh, we call it the Zarahemla, which was a, a city from the Book of Mormon that was destroyed by God for being wicked. So uh, kind of like a, a, you know, South American version of Babylon, right? Okay. Um, that one is a Pennsylvania broadleaf wrapper and then a Cameroon binder and then Dominican and Mexican filler. It's easily the most interesting thing we've we've blended so far, and it's probably our strongest blend as far as strength goes, too. All right, so then, then we've got uh, uh, two more, you know, in, mm-hmm. in your lineup, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm assuming maybe these will be next year's PCA. Yeah, we're we're thinking uh, probably next year. Um, we, we'll definitely start the blending before then. Obviously, um, we're hoping to do that soon, actually, and then that way we've got plenty of time to lock everything in for for next year's trade show. So uh, number seven will be called Moroni's Trumpet. You, you're familiar with. The little angel blowing a trumpet on top of the yep. Mormon temples. That'll be that's the angel Moroni, and we're gonna call it Moroni's trumpet. So we know that we know the shape, and we have an idea of where we want to go with the blend, but we haven't blended it yet. And then the last one uh, will be called the endowment, uh, which, like the initiatory being the first ceremony you go through in the temple, the endowment is the last ceremony you go through in the temple. So it's kind of the two bookends to uh, the eight blends there across the board. So. So, so this is, so the eight blends that that's going to be it. Where do you go? Where do you go from? I, I mean, now we're a couple of years out still, you know, where, you right. know, but For sure. you know, yeah. so will, will these change, you know, like, so you say you only, you know, you have one size in each one, you know, mm-hmm. well, do you think that's going to have to change You're at, you know, adding more sizes to each blend or come up um, with, you know? you know, we've talked about that. Yeah. Because you don't want to be stagnant and you definitely don't want to stay on the market with just you know, the thing you did up front and then nothing else, right? You, you've got to stay creative. You've got to give the people something more, you can, you know, and for us, we want to stay creative. That's, that's the bulk of the motivation for us blending cigars in the first place was to tap into uh, our, our, our need to be creative. So yeah, 
we've talked about doing different sizes. I think if we, if we branch out into other sizes, it'll be more like, uh, you know, limited edition type stuff. So like, here's the, here's the, the Corona pack. You know what I mean? Here's all eight blends in a Corona or something okay. like that. You know what I mean? So there's, there's plenty of, uh, different ways for us to get creative. We want to do maybe a special yearly release on a certain theme. There's the good thing about Mormon mythology is we got a lot of source material. So, <laughs> so <laughs> we're not going to be short of names. Yeah, that's it. Ma- yeah. Ma- maybe, maybe some kind of magic release. I don't, I don't right? know. Yeah, you know, well, you know, yeah. here come the magic underwear, you know, yeah, hey, yeah, I, feel, I mean, well, since you brought it up again, I don't know what you thought. <laughs> You know what's well, well, the name of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, it is, Jessica. Do not ruin this moment for Kevin. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll redirect away from the underwear. Uh, <laughs> but I did have a question for you because of, of all the experience of having the lounge, and like you said, smoking thousands of cigars, and now you have the opportunity to blend your own cigars. Now, do all these cigars and blends are they kind of representative of what you feel? Um, either were missing from the from 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 what you had smoked before, or is there just one blend that you say this particular cigar really kind of personifies the one thing or the one flavor, the one blend that I really wish we hadn't in the shop, but we never had. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of that to to all of our blends, um, and and that's again where coming from the retail side was really beneficial, right? There's a lot of, I mean, it's a finite amount of tobacco out there. You know what I mean? We're all just different cooks in kind of the same kitchen, right? So how do you use those ingredients differently? And, and for us, that's what it's about is like, okay, cool. Yeah. We've had plenty of Dominican stuff. Hell, I've had lots of Dominican stuff from Hochi's factory and it's all really good. So why the fuck should I, you know, show up and and think that my stuff is going to make a difference? Well, because with that retail experience and, and, you know, with me as a, a cigar smoker and my palate and Kendrick's palate and Hochi's palate, you get a good mix of like, there's always going to be a gap in the market somehow, mm-hmm. right? Everybody hasn't blended every possible no. scenario for what a cigar could be. So our theme and, and kind of our, our guiding light is we're not blending cigars for strength. If you think about, if I tell you, tell me, tell me a cigar brand that's known for being strong. You, you're going to say, what? He had, he had, there was an emergency. At the oh, no. Gavin, he just run, I just, uh, he just ran. L- LFD. Yeah. Well, we, LFD. Cool. Right. Yeah. Uh, Romacraft. Right? Romacraft. Black, yeah. la- Black label trading. You know, right. there's, there's somebody who's known for strength and all of those brands are known for, for flavor too. But we're, when we're blending cigars, um, I like to smoke a cigar just like back to back to back. I yeah, don't yeah. like to take breaks, right? If I'm blending a super strong cigar, I'm going to have to tap out and yeah. then I don't get to do what I enjoy doing anymore. So we're blending for flavor and I want you to be excited by the different flavors in each blend. Yes, there's going to be a common theme. We use San Andres in pretty much all of our blends at this point. That's like the one thread of tobacco that's consistent mm-hmm. through all of our blends. It's either filler, binder, or wrapper. Um, but that's a great thread, see- though. It's I mean, a great thread. Great th- right? I mean, that's a great thing to have that commonality amongst all the blends, right? And so, but in keeping that theme, we feel like that's our that's our baseline, right? And everything mm-hmm. else can be built off of it and built around it. And we can bring you something that tastes like apostate every time you smoke it. You're gonna if I take the band off. 
and I cut it and light it for you and hand it to you and you don't know what it is, you're going to be like, you know what? This kind of reminds me of an apostate I have, mm-hmm. right? We want you to be able to, to understand our, our blending style, our, our flavor profile tendencies, um, even though each blend is, is very unique. So, Kevin, you okay? Yeah, the DHL guy just walking back and forth in front of them. I'm like, who is out there? It's it's nine o'clock at it's night. Nine o'clock. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I, I'm right. like, who's who's walking back and forth in front of our door? The, the, the alert <laughs> went off. I swear, like ten times, and I was like, Yeah, well, yeah, well, you know, I, 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 yeah, it kept going off on my phone. There's motion, and you're like, what is it, going it was on out front? Off you know yeah so i mean because we're, we're built we're building the new lounge and then i i know i forgot to lock the door now i'm like oh god who's you know who's messing around inside the uh, uh nice I oh kevin that. i was actually just getting ready to ask brandon with with all the you mentioned all of the uh the plethora of names you know with with uh, uh the mormon church have you received any backlash from any of the anybody in the mormon church or any of the members with using the name in their cigars um, no, not really. When, when the Half Wheel article dropped uh, announcing the, the debut of Apostate Cigars, uh, on the Half Wheel website, I went and I read the article, and then I was like, oh, cool, there's some comments here. And uh, the only, so far, the only negative feedback or pushback was from this guy who apparently is a Mormon but smokes cigars. So that's weird, first off. Um, but he was like, oh, what, what are you guys, the Trey Parker and Matt Stone of cigars now? Like, <laughs> like immediately assumed that... that Apparently he watches South Park, too. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so he, I guess he immediately assumed the worst and assumed that our intentions were, you know, to, to uh, negatively highlight uh, Mormons, and that right. has nothing to do with it. So, no, really, um, I guess kind of the benefit for us is that Mormons are content to ignore the fact that we're here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So not, not getting a lot of pushback. Um, I'm sure it'll happen. I drive around in a, a, a nice black forerunner with a big apostate sticker across my back window. It's our logo. <laughs> and so when I'm in traffic, uh, I get some looks for sure. Um, but I've never, I've never had anybody, you know, confront me or, or indicate that they were angry about it. And and if they had Brian a five minute conversation down on a bicycle. No nah, <laughs> man. <laughs> no, but at the end of the helmet. day, it, it's you whatever. It's your right, your experience, and you can express it however you want. Well that that it's probably exactly. uh probably other parents use that um to their kids. Like <laughs> see if you leave the church they make yeah, it. Right, it's like it's right, like the big right. A on your. Look what's your gonna happen to you. Yeah that's I just what, like, I just yeah you have, I imagine you have to like that. yeah <laughs> I imagine just that judgmental voice from so many people that I was raised with coming through and saying, oh, look at that. That's so disrespectful. And it's like, have a five minute conversation with me. We can clear it up. This is it's not disrespectful at all. I'm embracing where I came from. I'm no longer a part of that. I get to tell my story. You don't get to choose what my story looks like. I get to choose what that yeah, looks like. Yeah, the, so. the, the, the one time they won't have a five-minute conversation with you. you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The, the one time. They had that annulment, remember? Yeah. I'm not part of the club anymore, so you can't hurt my feelings with, with stuff from the club, you know? <laughs> that, that, that's it. Now, uh, like, like your um, parents, you have siblings? You know, yeah. um, mm-hmm. so, so is it like, like better now, you know, it's like, I don't want to say, you know, like, you know, Hey, look, my son, I'm proud, you know, I'm proud of him. I'm sure they're proud of what you do. You know, oh, totally. um, you yeah, know. no, it's, um, I, I'm lucky, man. I, not everybody who leaves the church has a, a wholesome experience. You can imagine, 
um, making the decision to, yeah, making a decision to leave your faith is, is huge, right? That's a big, big decision. Um, and so it, it's compounded when you don't have a support system or when the people you love who are closest to you maybe don't accept you anymore. I, I didn't experience that at all. Uh, my family has always been super supportive. Um, I, I lost the, you know, the support and respect of friends and neighbors and colleagues and, and things like that. But I don't give a fuck about those people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I do yeah. and I don't, you know, um, they're not paying my bills, so I don't care. Right. But it's, um, my family's always been super supportive. My mom, actually, when I, uh, when we told her, you know, that we were launching this brand, I'm going to call it apostate. She's, she's seen the happiness and the success, uh, and, and the contentment of my family that's brought about by being in this industry, right? She's seen firsthand how good and positive and uplifting this, this community and this industry is. So when I told her we were launching a brand and what we were going to call it and telling her the names of some of the cigars, she cracked up. She thought it was hilarious. She started shooting me names of cigars, right? She's like, you should call one this and that. And, and like, then told me why like, she's all about it, dude. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, not everybody, not everybody's lucky enough to have uh, that kind of support when they walk away from a faith. So I feel pretty lucky. So, so talking about family and support, what did what did your wife say? You know, Kendrick is Kendrick married as well. He is, yeah. Kendrick's so, so, married. Um, so, what did what did your you guys you know, come to your wives? You know, like, hey, we we we'd like to start this endeavor, and uh, um, you know, because that that's a. I mean, we're all. I mean, all three, and we're all in the in the industry. We know what it costs. You know, it's not. Yeah. It's it's not cheap at, at all. What <laughs> right. you know. You know, obviously right. she it's, bought you your first cigar, so she's, you know, Well, it's not even supportive. just from a, a financial perspective. It's also just from a relationship perspective of time. Yeah, Spending absolutely. Time to get yeah, there, absolutely. you know? Yeah, 100%. No, Jesse, great call. Um, it's it's one of those things where, like, you have a conversation and, and it starts as, like, a what if, right? Yeah. And then our wives both got to see the what if progress into – actually, we should stop talking about this and, and do it. So at no point was there really any pushback, uh, at least on my end. I, Knowing Kendrick and knowing his wife, I can't imagine that there was pushback on that end either. First of all, they're, they're the first ones who will tell you that if we have an idea and there's something we want to do, it's probably just best to let us get it out of our system. You know what I mean? Like just, just let them go. Let them have fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so there's a little bit of that involved, but there's also, like you said, maybe there is a, a financial side to it that's a little scary or a time away from family side that's a little scary and how it weighs on relationships. Um, I, I am on the road a lot, man. Like that's the job right now is sure. I can sit in this comfy office and make phone calls to retailers, but that doesn't put me in front of them. That doesn't let me smoke my product with them. That doesn't let me answer their questions in a real world, you know, one-on-one -on -one friendly kind of way. So being on the phone just ain't it, man. Yeah, you got to be on the road. And I just got back from San Diego on Saturday. Um, I'm going to be leaving again on Monday. And then I'm going to be leaving again the week after that. My wife kicks ass, dude. That woman is so cool. Um, at no point was she like, this sucks. Uh, she's like, yeah, it's hard. Um, it's definitely hard. We miss you when you're gone, but seeing me happy and fulfilled and doing something that brings me passion and knowing that I love it and knowing that this is my forever, like this is what I want to do. How, how could she as a spouse possibly turn around and say, Hey, sorry, this has got to stop. You know, mm -hmm. like there, I, I couldn't do that to her. There's no way. 
um, you find a way to you find a way to make it work, man. And I know for Kendrick, that story is probably very similar. Yeah, um, a couple, couple questions here. Uh, uh, Strat to Ellie stumbled upon the channel midstream, enjoying the CAO Columbia. Uh, uh, thank you, nice. thank you for uh, uh, sticking around. Yeah, sure. um, and uh, we go live every Monday night at seven thirty uh, Eastern Standard Time. Um, and then uh, uh, Sean, another great podcast. Thanks for uh, always uh, tuning in, Sean. Uh, he's loving the Ken, uh, the the episode. He never knew Candela was a fermentation process. So no. um, if, if that's something that we can get out, we always love preaching the good. Well, I mean, you know, no pun intended. You're right, preaching the good, uh, pre preaching, preaching the good word of uh, of Candela. That's what that's what we do. Candela. Yeah, that's it. You this just is, need a bicycle, dude. That's it. This, yeah, this, this is our this is no, our pulpit. No, yeah, that, that, that's it. I do not need a bicycle. Um, no. no one needs to see that. So, so uh, <laughs> talking about you know you're you're traveling a lot. Is that your role? Because because is Kendrick more running the um the the lounge there? You know, like the back end, and your role is yeah. getting getting out there. Yeah, when we uh, when we formed the company, it was very. Um, <laughs> early on that we kind of divvied out roles, right? Who's, who's in charge of what, who's going to be responsible for what, what's going to make this the most successful. Um, Kendrick is a business owner and has been for a long time and is extremely good at it. Um, so as far as operations go, I, I, why would I try to be the guy doing operations when someone as good as Kendrick is right here? Right. So he's the ops guy. He, he came up with, you know, the, the logo uh, band design concept, he came up with the bulk of like the vibe as far as branding goes. And this is how we're going to tie it into our history. And, you know, he's the idea man. Um, he's, he's got everything sorted out as far as next steps. Um, me, I'm the cigar nerd. And every time I'm talking to, you know, a manufacturer or a retailer or a rep, they're like, yeah, you look like a cigar guy. So, we decided I should probably be the guy, you know, getting FaceTime because right? I look like a cigar guy. Um, but I spent all that time as a GM at a retail shop and I know how to talk to retailers because I've done it. So that just makes sense for me to be the guy on the road, um, you know, shaking hands, introducing product. Kendrick goes with me quite a bit. Um, it's it's a duo a lot of times, but there is a lot that keeps him in Utah. You've got Beehive, you've got his family. Um that guy's got a lot on his plate. So yeah, for me to be the one on the road just makes the most sense. All right. We're going to go back up here um, and Gordon and get to Gordon's question here. Right, that well, kind of, what's well, that? Well, let's just ask Manny's question. All right. Okay. Throw Manny's no, question up there. All right. You know, every, uh, uh, do you watch Oak Island or Skinwalker Ranch? Okay. <laughs> uh, so Skinwalker Ranch, I've caught Oak Island. I'm not familiar with, um, but uh, in the vein of, uh, in the vein of Skinwalker Ranch, um, that is very near to uh, a couple of camping spots that I frequent all the time. No way. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just had a, a conversation with somebody in the cigar lounge when we were in San Diego last week. Uh, we started uh, talking about Skinwalker Ranch, and there's a definite vibe in that area, man. I don't know what you guys are into, uh, oh, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I don't. I've, I've been camping my whole life. I grew up in Utah. I was a boy scout. You know what I mean? It's Utah. It's outdoor capital of the country. Right. So yeah, I don't get scared in the woods um, unless I'm camping anywhere near Skinwalker ranch. There's a vibe out there, dude. You feel oh. like you got something over your shoulder all the time. Would yeah. that convince you to go camping, Kevin? Oh, I'd go camping. <laughs> Would you? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Let's I, go. I, I, 
That's it. Because my, my two bucket list items I, I uh, to, to, to be abducted by an alien and get struck by lightning. I feel like okay. two, I feel like both of the one or either of those or both would be like life changing. I mean, obviously, they're getting struck. I promise it would be life changing. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I because we, we, we talked, we were just watching a show the other night with like a, a woman that got struck by lightning twice. And I'm like, I feel like I'm the guy that gets like a superpower. Like something, you know, telekinesis, I don't know. Yeah, dude, that's funny. I, I heard, and I don't know if this is true, but if you get struck by lightning once, your odds of getting struck again are way higher. Yes. Is, yeah. is, I heard that somewhere. That's crazy. Yeah, something, yeah. we just watched an Yeah, it was something, that it, it changes with your body, and it, uh, yeah, you're more likely to get struck again that's in wild. your life. Well, you know, yeah, Oak no Island, they found something new that oh, actually, they? yeah, they it actually connects... Um, this treasure they're looking for back to Ireland. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They they, they found a cigar prop. This yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, o- 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 Oak is. Island. One. The Oak Island this, treasure hunting thing. They don't ever find anything. Happening. You know, nice. So. The, the oh, guy yeah. was that was in a wetsuit so for the longest yeah. time. He came up with this and a button and a, and a button. So, all right. So now, now back to, to Gordon's question okay. because that because that goes in with with my question um, that, that I had as as uh, well. My question is, what are some of the things you guys realize would be as hard as they turned out to be? And then he asked, kind of similar with the handful of things that worked out smoothly. What was the biggest hurdles, you know, for the launch? Oof, um, man, it's all kind of hard. You know what I mean? Like as as much as we were lucky to like build a relationship with the guy who would end up making our cigars for us and having that go very smooth and then having a smooth transition into someone, uh, you know, willing to distribute for us and then having relationships with a lot of other lounge owners when we launched who were immediately willing to carry our product. Like those are the things that went well, right? The rest of it is hard. All of it. It's all hard, man. Um, making cold calls to a shop to tell them I'm going to be in their town and they're like, uh, okay. You know, <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> sure, come see me, bring me tobacco. That's great. Um, you know, it, it, making sure that if you've opened an account with somebody and you've built that relationship and now they have your product on the shelf, what keeps it, what keeps it selling for them? How do you help them keep that product in people's hands? How do you help them reaffirm for their customers that there's still value there six months later, right? So getting your foot in the door is one thing, but keeping that relationship going and keeping your product going, um, that's hard. Uh, being away from my family is, is tough, man. Like I love it. I love being on the road and, and I love seeing places and experiencing things. But by like day three out of a 10 day trip, I'm like, fuck man, I just want to like hug my wife, you know? So there, there's really not any of it that I would say is easy. Um, some things are easier than others, but yeah, I, it's all hard, dude. It's all hard. Don't start a cigar business. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, 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 I think all, all three of us t- tell everybody that, like, oh, it's great, you know, start, start yeah. a cigar business, and it's just like, you're getting ah. rich. Yeah, yeah, you're you gonna know, get, yeah, exactly, rich. exactly. Yeah, you're gonna be loaded, right? Um, no, it's it's one of those things where like anyone who starts a business, you know, you're not gonna be making money for a while, right? You've gotta, you've gotta make, you've gotta spend, spend, spend. And then you've got to slowly earn that back. So by the time you earn it back, I mean, you're a couple of years into it. So, you know, right now for us, it's about how you spend. It's about how that money is spent, how that time is spent, building the right relationships, being deliberate about every move you make. That way, when the money comes back, you're not just trying to fill this hole that you dug for no reason. It was a hole you dug on purpose, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then that comes back to you guys being uh, uh, I, I don't I don't want to use the word lucky at all in, in, a, in a derogatory term, but you guys right. were lucky lucky enough to where you're retailers. You yeah, you you yeah. know when you go visit another retailer, you cold call them. I mean, you know what to expect because you yeah. got that. Mm-hmm. You got those absolutely. calls. You had those I was the guy on the other in. end of the phone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yeah, like what, like yeah. whatever. I don't, I don't care. You're gonna be in town. Just bring me tobacco. You know. Yeah, so. man. And it's some of those like sometimes I would know who was calling, and sometimes I wouldn't. Either way, I would try to be polite. You know, I'd be, my house is your house. Please, if you're gonna be in town and you, you think I'm worth your time, I'm gonna try and make it worth your time, right? Maybe I'm not gonna carry your product. Uh, it has to line up with a lot of decisions I've got to make. But if you're, if you're calling me and you're saying I'm in town, I would like to get FaceTime with you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to be as accommodating as possible. And for the most part, that's what I encounter when I'm traveling. And and there are very few exceptions to that. And that's kind of the thing that I love about this industry, man. I love this community. Everyone understands what goes into it, you know? So Yeah. So how often are you, like when you're on a, a road trip and you're visiting these lounges, how often, I mean, I, I'm sure you talk shop, you know, do you, do you give out good ideas? You know, like, hey, you know, I notice you know, shop, you know, if I could make a suggestion, you know, maybe do this or right. you see something, you come back, you go, Kendrick, we got, we got to do, I mean, this lounge, I mean, so does, does that happen at yeah. least once a trip visiting lounges? Yeah, I would say it does happen at least once a trip, man. Um, you know, it's one of those things where I try not to uh, overstep when I'm in a lounge, yeah, when I'm yeah. in someone else's house, right? So I'm not going to sit down and be like, oh, you know, if you put that over there, I, I try not to do that unless they ask, right? They're like, yeah. oh, you you ran a shop. You ran Beehive. I've heard of Beehive. What did you guys do about XYZ? I'll mm. happily share my experience, right? Uh, but I, I the last thing I want to do is walk into a space and tell them what they're doing wrong, right? So yeah. um, if people ask, yeah, let's have a conversation about it. It's more about what we learn while we're on the road, right? So, for example, you know, a few months ago we were in Vegas uh, – before TPE, I visited a lounge out there called Tap and Ash. Right? Have you heard of them? Yeah, yeah. I just got Tap, an email. Tap and yeah, Ash. I just, yeah, I just got an email from them tonight. They're having mm-hmm. an event for a Res Cigars. It's weird you bring. Yeah. That so yeah, <laughs> dude. Super cool lounge. Like awesome lounge. Great space. They now carry our product. But when we visited them, we noticed their their filtration system in the ceiling. They have a combination of some rabbit airs and then these fans. Like it looks like a ceiling fan. But it has a charcoal filter in it, um, oh. really quiet, low energy, and really not noticeable. Like, it doesn't stick out. It's not an eyesore. And we were like, can you tell us more about those? <laughs> <laughs> so can, can you tell me more? Because I was looking for those fans, and I, and I, mm-hmm. and I uh, for our new lounge, you know, because we'll have a combination of rabbit airs, and we got uh, Fantech inline duct fans to exhaust the uh, right. smoke outside. But I found like an old article that was like eight years old on those fans that had the charcoal filters. And Mm -hmm. I spent weeks. I could not find a a current manufacturer of those fans. Yeah, we'll send you the info. Absolutely. They're awesome. They're so cool. Yeah. And and I think the smaller your space, the better probably. Um, If you're talking about a space with like super high ceilings, it may not be as effective as what we saw at Tap and Ash. Uh, but for tap and ash with, you know, a 10 foot ceiling and like six of those things in there. Awesome. And we took that information home with us right away. So it's, I, I feel like we learn more 
from other people when we're on the road than, than they do from us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'll definitely reach out. I was really interested to see if, the, yeah, if I'll email you the info, still. man. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that yeah. was great. And, uh, um, yeah, uh, uh, Stogie meditation. He's, he's in, yeah, he's in Utah, you know, with, with, he wants to move mm-hmm. to Florida. Literally the day I got back in the cigar, Salt Lake city shut down the lounge at beehive. LOL. Yep. yep. So <laughs> he remembers. Yeah. Yeah. It was a dark day. That was January, uh, 2019. Yep. Uh, yeah. Somebody's uncle got struck by lightning. Kevin. Yeah. My, my uncle's putting an awning down and he got struck by lightning. Likely he was fine. Not sure if he ever got struck again. Yeah. See? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my, I mean, I, I, I've been golfing and have lightning strike, you know, pretty close near me, but never. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've been very close. Yeah, absolutely. It's terrifying. Did you guys ever see the movie The Great Outdoors with John Candy? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. 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 Remember the guy at the bar? (laughs) Seven seven times. Yeah. Yeah, Six times in the head. Yeah. 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 In the head. That's what was the. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So, so uh, we're gonna wrap up a, a couple of questions about you and your partner, Kendrick. Um, Sweet. uh, How do you guys handle disagreements? Um, very well, actually. So, so, I mean, it doesn't get heated very often. Kendrick and I, um, are not only partners, but we became fast friends pretty early on, uh, after he hired me and, and I started running the show at, at Beehive. We work very well together. Um, just our personality types are, are very well enmeshed, uh, if that makes sense. We're, we're not the same person, but we're very compatible. So when it comes to like disagreements, it's usually just a matter of, of conversation. Even if it gets heated, um, neither one of us let the other one check out. You know what I mean? We're not mm-hmm. like, you're not, we're not going to go to bed mad at each other. You know what I mean? It's going to be, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to figure this out. Um, and it's usually just a, a miscommunication or misunderstanding or, you know, good intentions gone wrong. So uh, we're, we're very good at hashing that shit out. You have to be. Uh, it, it, with just two of us running a company and him running another company and, you know, life, um, it, it, we're pretty good at communicating. So um, uh, has your friendship been strengthened or hindered by being business partners? Um, do you, do you work on, okay. So do you work on being friends just as much as, you know, making sure that, Hey, we get some downtime together just yeah. to hang out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and Kendrick, God bless him. He understands my, tunnel vision um when when i'm on the road or when i'm when i'm in in work mode which is most of the time uh i get tunnel vision and i i don't uh take a time out i i don't relax or i don't you know take in a site or go see something cool in the city i'm in um it's it's i gotta go to another lounge i gotta go to another lounge i gotta get to the hotel i gotta get food i'm very you know bop 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 uh, so he went with me on this trip to San Diego last week. That was the first time we've traveled together since February. And uh, he was like, bro, before we hit any lounges today, we're going to the beach. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't pack shorts. I didn't pack flip flops. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm at the beach <laughs> in San Diego in jeans, cowboy boots and a black button up. You know what I mean? <laughs> but we were at the beach, you know, and he made sure that we took the time out. Um, we, we got some coffee. We stood by the ocean. We talked about life. We didn't talk about work. You know, we got that friend check-in. Um, he specifically said to me, Hey, I want to have a moment with you. I want to check in, see how you're doing, you know, as, as friends, as humans, I don't want to talk about apostate. Let's talk about you. He's very good at that. So 
um, yeah, we, we maintain the friendship very well. Um, people say don't start a business with your friends. I say start a business with the right friends. You know? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I agree 100% mm-hmm. on that. Uh, we're going to ba- – uh, uh, yeah, there was a question here. And this goes with uh, – as you as you're talking about working with Hochi, you know, um, I thought about this earlier. Um, is there a blender or cigar maker Brandon hopes to work with one day? Um, and that goes back to like my, my question was, you know, would have been like, are, are you, you know, do you guys plan on branching out? You know, cause that's a big thing people, you know, everybody's doing nowadays. Seems like, you know, they're right. Start, right. started starting a company with two or three, you right. know, uh, blenders. You know, um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't sit here and give you a short list of, of people I want to work with. That's a super fucking long list, bro. Yeah. Um, everyone in this industry brings something worth, worth bringing. And I would be lucky to work with any of them. So for me, it's more of a, I'm in a position where I hope that someday I'm lucky enough for them to a know who I am, uh, know what we're doing and, and want to work with us. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, there are definitely blenders I would love to work with. Some people I look up to for sure. Um, you know, we talked about Nick Malulo, you talk about Pete Johnson, you talk about, uh, fuck James at Sinistro. That guy's a blending savant, dude. Like that guy blends like it's nobody's business. So, you know, uh, plenty of people out there that I would love to get, get FaceTime with and sit across the blending table from. Oh yeah. And I'll, I'll trade you some cigars. You send me some of your Candelas. I'll send you some of my cigar, the, the real good trash, what he blended that Hell launched yeah, that, that launch this week, so uh, we'll we'll send you. Weren't you involved with the? Uh, you were involved with the vice versa too, weren't you? Yep, involved in the, the vice cigar. versa. So yeah, thank yeah, you man. very much. It was uh, yeah. super cool. So uh, just talking with Omar tonight about possibly doing a, a second one. You know, a different awesome. a different cigar, another another launch with him. So yeah. hopefully, yeah, uh, that's another that's another. You know, we talk about being lucky. Uh, I, I feel like the relationships I have with other manufacturers from the retail side adds to a little bit of that luck. Back in September, I was in California and I reached out to James. Uh, he was part of my trip to Pro Cigar in the Dominican Republic in like 2018. Um, I was like, dude, who should I talk to in California? He's like, well, when are you going to be here? And I told him, and he's like, cool, I'll go with you. You know what I mean? So like yeah. we road tripped up the coast of California together. He took me to all the shops he thought that I would do well with. And, and most of those shops carry my stuff now. So it's like, that's awesome. You know, I didn't ask him for that. He was just like, yeah, bro, let's go. So pretty lucky dude. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Did, yeah. did you ever get out to LRT to see Ram? We did. Yeah. We hung out with Ram. Absolutely. I think it would be cool to do like some limited edition stuff with Ram. That guy's got more tobacco than God. Have you seen Ram's warehouses? <laughs> I, I have not. I, I've only heard Bro, the stories. I've only heard the it's stories. Insane. He's got everything. He's got everything. Yeah. 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 And, and James works with him. Uh, you've, yeah. you've seen some great stuff coming out of LRT stuff for sure. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. And Ram's just fucking cool. Ram's salt. Oh, su- super, super great guy. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, I can't. I, it's been two. I can't believe it's been two hours already. Oh. That didn't it, feel it, like two hours. It, man. it, it yeah. didn't. It, it just. Uh, <laughs> it, it felt like 30, 30 minutes. Um. Yeah. So, uh, care. Any final uh, uh, questions for uh, uh, for Brandon before we uh, before we let him go? No. Appreciate your time. I mean, this was yeah. fantastic, and it's it's pretty cool that uh, um, you're able to make this transition. You know, uh, and from from the shop, like I said, I, I visited the shop. It was it was I had a, a great time, great shop, and uh, hopefully I'll get a chance to get out uh, out there again. Yeah, man, absolutely. Come see us. We'd love to have you. Uh, and then, and then one, yes. one final question here: yeah, uh, Can I find apostate cigars in Maine? 
Uh, let's see. Closest to Maine right now, honestly, is probably going to be PA. Tinderbox and PA carries us. So yeah. Tinderbox.com. Yep. All right. So uh, now, are you guys a beehive? Are you guys able to, allowed to sell online, being in Utah and ship out of state? No, or? we are no. not. That's part of the the state uh, state law does not allow right. us to sell online. So you can always call Beehive though. Uh, give Beehive a call. They're they're happy to ship to you. Absolutely. All right, or like you said, Tinder. Look up Tinderbox. Yeah, know, Tinderbox.com. Uh, a lot of our, a few of our retailer partners have have online portals now. So once the website launches, you know, give me give me a week or two, we'll have an updated retailer list. There's a lot more retailers on the list than what you guys saw. We're we're I think plus forty now. So okay, yeah, de- okay. definitely. I'll, I'll keep an eye out or, or send me an email, and I'll definitely push that out. I'll come back. I'll Absolutely. edit. The, I'll edit this video. You know, uh, on the description. And that way, people mm-hmm. watching in the future, well, a week or two from now, you know, but the, and the website's still yes. going to be the same. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. So I'll update the description. So people, you know, watching, you know, a week or two. From Fantastic. Now, be, able to, be able to find that. So Brandon, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you guys. Time. Absolutely. And if I can do a, a shameless plug, I'm going to be in the Seattle area next week. So if you're uh, near uh, Brown and Sons or FK Kirsten or Smokey Joe's, uh, we are going to be doing uh, a, a Cinco de Mayo event uh, at Smokey Joe's in, in Washington next week, next Friday. Oh, nice. oh travels. right on. Perfect, man. All right. You you have a great night. You too, guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right. You're, you're welcome. So, uh, all right. So everybody start typing in the word uh, cigar, and then uh, we'll hear a little, uh, um, uh, 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 hear something from our sponsor, Corona Cigar. I got that all backwards. <laughs> It's time for the Tapping Ash and Taking Names giveaway presented by Amendola Family Cigars. All right, tonight we're giving away a uh, three-pack of cigars from Amendola Family Cigars. Uh, the Canolia, the, uh, the Special, and the Padrino. Uh, we, got a, uh, we got a lighter from our uh, partner, Illusione Cigars, and... I found the, the Picadillos. Uh, Robert Holt from Southern Draw sent us some to give away, and I lost them in my many humidors. And I was putting an order together for Trash Panda tonight, and I saw the uh, the Picadillos. So you're also going to get the uh, the, the really five. He means he hid them. I, I hid yeah, them. Yeah, I was going to so, say. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so uh, <laughs> the winner is getting a fantastic uh, prize pack out tonight. Yeah, that's a good prize um, pack. So that is, that that is, is really a good, good. one. So let me uh, uh, share this uh, screen here. Anybody who can't win? Uh, yes, I'll uh, name those people if they happen to win. Uh, I don't have that. Right, I don't have that directly, directly in front of me. Sorry, let me put you on the spot, Kev. That is uh, that is on the next. Uh, uh, how how is that zero? Hold on a second. Let me uh, let me come back here and. Okay, I, I put the word hashtag, so I typed that in. So yeah. let me let me share this again. 
So now it's just cigar. All right. Okay. 23 entries. Much better. Much better than the zero. Yeah. Yes. All right. So, uh, uh, yeah, just uh, that winner up on the screen. Thank you, uh, 1944. That's it. Send me an email, kevin at cigarprop.com, and I will get you your uh, your prize pack out to you. Um, next week, we welcome back to the show Laurel Tilly. Um, uh, now she uh, will be talking about her new role at AJ Fernandez Cigars. Uh, I think she moved to Nashville from uh, um, like Minnesota. So we'll, uh, we got so much to talk about from uh, from weather to uh, the the change in cigars. So it'll be an exciting show. Uh, make sure you're following uh, um, Apostate Cigars, Cigar Prop, Producer Jessica, Caribbean Hante of Stogie Road Cigars. All the social media links are in the show notes down below in the podcast uh, description if you're listening to this. Um, also in the show notes are all the social media links um, uh, for our partners. Um, once again, we can't make this show happen each and every week without them. So thank you to JC Newman Cigars, Cigar Medics, Amendola Cigars, We Are the Muscle, Jake Wyatt Cigars, Illusione Cigars, Deep in Flavor, Deep in Your Mind, K by Karen Burger Cigars, Corona Cigar, and of course, Drew Estate and Experience Acid. Brandon, we're going to bring you back up here in a second. Care, leave everybody with a, uh, a final final thought for the for the night. Good night. A final thought. Let's say life is short. Grab a buddy and enjoy a cigar. All right. We'll see everybody next week. <laughs>